What is up, all these scrotes and the negative value males, the low value males, the... I guess there are some high value males actually out there. We thought there weren't, but uh, funny that I would have never thought that listening to this podcast would potentially lead people to go be current on this show. But our pal Gerard uh, in the comments says, he says, congrats to Lilith uh, or Savannah. Always getting those two confused for getting hitched. I don't think. They covered it in the latest episode. She got into a traumatic motorbike accident, which explains her absence. So that's Lilith. That's the Canadian one. She was suffering from uh, medical misogyny. I guess she got in a motorcycle accident. But anyways, Gerard says she's getting hitched. So there is a high value male out there. It's not just a myth. Uh, today, episode, we have got episode. So we uh, we were joined by our friend Lev last week. Very fun episode. I'm going to have more guests. I'm not going to suffer through this by myself anymore. Occasionally I will. But we're going to have at least every other week a guest. I think that's the move here. Uh, if you have an issue with that, make it known. But I think that's the way to go. Um, but so we skipped episodes so he could hear Savannah because he didn't hear Savannah. So we have to go backwards. So we're going backwards. We made an exception just for last week only. Uh, and then we'll have, yeah, we'll have a new episode next week, not one on Super Bowl Sunday, and then probably the Monday after that. Okay, so episodes 63, and then we're going to do episode 65 of the Female Dating Strategy podcast. Um, as always, if you want to support the show, you can do one of many things. In the bottom left-hand counter, you see that pink number. Uh, if you are not a subscriber to my channel, just hit that button, make that number go up, or as always, unsubscribe, make that number go down, make the number do something for all of us. Just make it do something because you can. It's in your power. Uh, yes, and then uh, tomorrow night, new episode of Low Value Mail, and Wednesday night, new episode of The Bathhouse, and uh, temporarily we have confirmed uh, for The Bathhouse, Corinne Fisher, Chloe LeBranch, and uh, Toby McMullen, so that's going to be pretty fun. Um, all right. Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome. Uh, welcome back. I'm, I missed the ladies. I, I didn't. But so here are the episodes that we're fucking with. As always, I'll put up a poll. So uh, if, we, if you'd like to skip, shout out to the two people who have unsubscribed. Now someone resubscribed is the same person. Have they capitulated that early? I don't know. Um, also, if you listen on Spotify. Leave a review or whatever. Just, you know, you know, you could just do one thing. Do any, but there's a matrix, not like the Tate matrix, but just like you can do one of many things. Do one of those things. Uh, okay. So this episode is episode 30, 62, sorry, or sorry, 63. Her hacks, cybersecurity researchers dispel myths about air tag stalking. So I think it's. Uh, cybersecurity researchers, but they're women. Not that they can't be women, but you would expect them to be men, but they're not. They're women. They're called her hacks, uh, which I always joke with my girlfriend. And I mean, I've probably heard this before too, but you know, there should be more women private investigators just in, and like security experts in the way that they, you know, snoop around. Um, so we got that episode. I'll put up the, the option to skip. Should we want to do that? You never know. Um, you never know. Okay. 
without further ado, episode 63 of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. What's up, Queen? What's Welcome up, Queen? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Alyssa. And Savannah's allowed today. But we do have some very special guests, Christine and Rebecca from the Her Hacks podcast. Christine and Rebecca, how are you doing? Pretty oh, good. it's a podcast. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, because, you know, when you first reached out to this and pitched the episode idea, we were really excited about it because it sounded extremely fascinating. And it is right up our alley when it comes to general <laughs> security for women when it comes to interacting online. And you had a lot of commentary on some of the specific posts and questions that people had on the subreddit. So we thought this would be a great opportunity to get those answered. Yeah. Christine, if you don't mind, I can kind of go into a little more detail. So Her Hacks podcast in general is an up and coming podcast created by women in cybersecurity, like me and Christine. Christine is a mobile security researcher. I'm like a cloud security researcher. And Doesn't this sound like uh, <laughs> this? Honestly, these girls podcast is going to get picked up into like some show on ABC. And then like one of them's going to have to be like in a wheelchair and one of them, like they're, they're going to do they're going to put the whole whole uh, works on it, you know? And it's the whole concept of it is that it's created by women, but it's for everyone. And it's founded by us. And we're really passionate, you know, about the field of cybersecurity. And we want to spread the word about everything cyber. So our podcast is going to cover a range of topics from the history of women in cryptography, modern day workplace tips, expert interviews with badass women in the field, and also how to get started in cyber. And we also want to do some like technical conversations. So like how to stay safe online or pwn your way to the top of a CTF scoreboard. So like wherever your skills Ooh. Pwn your way to the top of, I don't even know what she said after that, but that her interest is perhaps podcast is kind of there to help. I need to define one term already with CTF <laughs> scoreboard. I know pwn. I know pwn. I'm plugged into the internet that much to understand pwning, but what is a CTF scoreboard? Yeah, you got the pwn. So CTFs are like, it's capture the flag, but it's like a virtual capture the flag. And there are like two different ways they're typically run. So there's like a Jeopardy style CTF where people create like different challenges and puzzles. So like reverse engineering challenges or like packet capture analysis challenges or like web security challenges where you kind of have to like all right well let's see what the votes are <laughs> we got vote uh yes skip 62 percent we're gonna make it like a probably a ten, i don't know at least a five minute poll so get your votes get, in like, people flags. also leave a like on the channel at 100 or on the stream at 100 likes i'll give away a channel membership and then there's another style where it's like attack and defense where you have like a bunch of people protecting and defending like servers like doing basic like hardening and stuff and then you'll have like a red team which are like the bad cyber people or like the attackers that will try to take down your services or whatever i've actually played there's like a really big i guess like hacker convention called defcon and it's in las vegas every year and i was on a capture the flag team that played at defcon a few years ago and that attack defend one is actually pretty interesting because you're doing red team and blue team attack defense for yourselves. So it's you all trying to hack into each other's services and also patch your own services. And it goes for like the whole weekend. Wow. So is it more of like a game that hackers play or, or people who are in cybersecurity play? Is it like a... It's like a war game? Yeah, like a war game. It's like a hacking competition kind of. So the Jeopardy style ones, you're trying to hack those specific what services. What does so this specifically have to do with dating strategy? Like they'll give you a web page and they'll say, hey, like find the bug in this web page. And they might give you a hint on something that is like a recent bug that came out. Sometimes it is like Rebecca explained, there's different categories to the challenges. So for all of the Jeopardy style ones, it's almost just like you're doing all these like coding problems and you're trying to figure out and like solve each problem and get the quote flag. But for attack defend, normally like you have to host the services yourself and then people have to solve those same problems, but it's also on your box. And they usually have flags that change like over the course of time. So people will, they call it exfiltration. They'll exfiltrate your flags steal your flags but they have to keep doing it over and over again because the flags are always changing so that one's like it's just a little more complicated but yeah it's kind of like a hacking game i guess where you're hacking into each other and trying to prevent yourself from getting hacked into yeah that's really interesting it's cool we have sort of related like so one of cool. the first groups that was made on the website was like a gamer girls website so i don't know how much of them are involved 
Get those votes in. I think they're more Get your votes games. in. I don't know how much of them are involved in any of these types of like uh, cybersecurity games, but this might be of interest to that audience. Yeah, or cultivate a whole new one. Yeah. <laughs> Gaming definitely is like a huge entry point into cybersecurity. We actually have a friend who works on like Netflix games and they're Netflix games, but like. All right, I'm just, I'm skipping this. Uh, I'm skipping this. What, what, what are we even talking about here? What are we talking about here? Let's go ahead a little Skins bit. that allow you to find items that you've lost. The thing that differentiates Find My is that it's a crowdsourcing tool to let you geolocate only using Bluetooth. So AirTags themselves aren't connected to the internet. There's not like a GPS chip in there. It's literally just using Bluetooth to geolocate. And I mean, this will teach uh, guys. There probably are some guys in this chat. You can learn a thing or two about AirTag stalking if we listen to the whole episode. So, you know, you might want to. I want to change your vote. Anyways, we're going to end this episode because the next episode is going on. So that was episode 63. We barely knew you. I wish I had a nice little song to sing them off. Episode 63. Um, but if you want to learn about air, hag, air tag stalking, you can check it out. Okay. Here's a good one. Episode... 65 of the female dating strategy podcast. I've lost, I think four subscribers. So good stuff, everybody. Good stuff. Uh, really good. I, um, this episode is, so what is a fem cell? The Atlantic attempts to answer, but misses key points. It should be good. They're impossible to read and not think humanity's doomed. I agree. Most of the time when I read the news, I feel doomed, but that's where the donut comes in. They turn this time. What's up, Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. And I'm Lilith. And unfortunately, Savannah, I don't know how much I want to say, but like, due to a medical emergency, she's still not with us, but she's okay. She's okay. She's going to be God out damn, for a little bit. damn. on the men. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, we know she's a fan favorite. And we miss her a lot, but you know, she does need to... To recover. Yeah. She's currently in recovery, so it's just, once again, Lilith and I. So today we're going to revisit a subject... That's near and dear to our heart. <laughs> We shouldn't say that. The subject of female incels. And it was sparked by us being name dropped an article written by The Atlantic where they were talking about femcells and the difficulties that femcells face. And they were painting this as the rise of a new movement that's a counter to the incel movement. We thought it had a lot of good insight on how femcells think and what. Also, just to be clear, I didn't skip uh, 64. 64 was last week's episode with Lev Fur. Uh no, we're on, we're back on track. Is going on with them, and we thought this would also be a good way to insert some strategies to help the dating lives of fem cells if they are indeed fem cells, which we'll talk about because some of the women that are saying they're fem cells are probably not actually fem cells. Some of them don't even want to date. I mean, there's self-identified fem cells, and then there's women who are the female version of fem cells or the female version of just male incels, but they don't. Call Welcome to the founding members, Naomi. Call themselves fem cells. Female incels, as is described in this actual article, are women who feel that they are not as attractive as the average person, and therefore their dating options are limited, and they feel that they're being socially excluded or socially punished for that. Because that does happen. People get bullied for the way they look, et cetera. So, you know, what I like about this is that it is kind of drawing attention to the fact that there's a segment of women that have grown up being bullied about their looks and maybe being antagonized for that. And, you know, let's talk about why that is, what's happening, and then what they can do to help themselves. Okay, so article's titled, What Do Female Incels Really Want? Online, groups of women have started using the rhetoric of the incel movement, but to what end? Author is Caitlin Tiffany. So let's read it. We were all ugly, Amanda, a 22-year-old student from Florida, told me, recalling the online community she found when she was 18. Men didn't like us, guys didn't want to be with us, and it was fine to acknowledge it. This Reddit forum was called Our True Femcells, and she commented there under the username Strange and Ugly Girl. Amanda didn't post very often, 
often, but she checked in every day on the community of self-identified fem cells or involuntarily celibate women. I agreed to refer to her by her first name only to separate her current life from her former internet identity. They came to complain about the superficiality of men and the privilege of pretty women and to share their experiences moving through the world in an unattractive body, which therefore disadvantaged them romantically, socially, and economically. They were finding the modern dating landscape, the image-based apps, the commodified dating market, the illusory freedom to be found in hookup culture to be unnavigable. And they talked about taking a pink pill and opening their eyes to the reality that society was misogynistic and, quote, lookist. There's a lot going on there. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. All right. So far. I mean, that's pretty consistent with what True Femme Cells was before it was um, booted by Reddit, which I actually think True Femme Cells was booted unfairly. I think that was another one of those like Reddit misogyny things. Yeah. Like where they're trying to be fair because they booted the insults for being violent terrorists. Yeah, but the true fem cells, they just like complained about men. Honestly, like I kind of liked when they were around. This is a both sidesing by Reddit because they banned incels. They felt like they had to ban fem cells or the incels like probably flooded true fem cells. We're on and one just recording it like crazy until it got banned. This is what we're talking about why it's, it's unsustainable to be on Reddit because what happens is men who felt like they were being pushed off for being incels just got extremely re- retaliatory towards any female space, including true fem cells, which most of it was just them being sad. They thought that it was women's or feminists' fault that their subreddits got banned rather than their own fucking fault for being violent fucking terrorists. Like these men, you know, MGTOW, Red Pill, Incel. I don't know if I've said this before, but I think there should be a show. There should be like a reality show called like, I guess you could call it Incel Island. And then it would be all the fem cells and on the, all the incels and they got to go live together on an island. It's not, not the best this idea. Our incels are, what is it, brain cells? They had a bunch of different incel subreddits, right? And they kept getting banned. They kept making new ones. And then when they got, those new ones got banned, they kept attacking women and so on. Oh, by the way, shout out to YouTube for adding like these Facebook-like emojis that are <laughs> if i could turn them off i will right so yeah that's why reddit as a platform is not sustainable because it's got this large angry male user base that hates women right and so i actually kind of miss when true fem cells were around because those sorts of women like hung out on true fem cells or on the pink pill they stayed away from fds right after they got banned it was very inconvenient to us that they all started coming to fds and expecting us to like talk about lookism and the pink pill and how you know it's so horrible and unfair that men are attracted to attractive women and it's like i don't know what to say to you it's like that's just life <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, well, okay, so we can talk about it because some of it, honestly, based on some of the pictures that were revealed to some of the fem cells, some of it is entirely in their head. They weren't even that ugly. Yeah, some of it seemed like it was more, they were socially awkward and perhaps, you know, low self-esteem and then like non-white women who internalized like white beauty standards so much that they felt unattractive. So we can dive into that a little bit more when we talk about strategies for fem cells and we start to outline what most of their actual problem is <laughs> rather than just truly, truly being ugly. There's no nice way to put it, but they are so far away from the average that they are noticeably unattractive to people, right? So if you're average, you're probably fine and you have more than enough dating options. But if you're just like really outside the average through physical deformity or something like that, then it's yes, I think it's fair to talk about the difficulties with that. Yeah, I want to say actually, first of all, like this episode, is, we're going to try to be like fair, but we're not going to sugarcoat things. Okay, like one thing. Oh, what does that mean? bothers me a little bit with like the everybody is beautiful like everyone is beautiful it feels so fake first of all it's not true secondly like a lot of unattractive people like being unattractive actually does really affect their life i've read you know a lot of comments from unattractive people saying like oh you know being unattractive really affects my life and so the whole everybody's beautiful everyone's beautiful bothers me because it's just words it doesn't actually make my life better and they make that point actually later in this article so let's keep reading because i think we can discuss that more in depth when they talk about that yeah we need to be honest we need to be honest to the fem cells yeah yeah we need to be honest let's cut the crap like real talk right i'm not going to be deliberately cruel but you know, please understand that I might make some comments that some people might take personally. Sometimes <laughs> give it to them straight. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like some people talk about how horrible I am. Such a mean girl yeah. or whatever. And it's like, sometimes you just need to speak. Like, honestly, I, I have to say the thing. Okay. Like don't take my words personally. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Anyways. Okay. So continuing, they could be funny. In 2000, 2000- Give it to him. 19, a commenter repeated a pretty friend's suggestion that nobody really needs to wear makeup, adding five heart emoji and a link to the joke subreddit r forward slash thinks I'm cured. 
<laughs> they could be kind of mean, like male incels. They mocked lucky, beautiful women whom they called Stacys. Mostly they wrote about being sad. Normies can't comprehend real loneliness and early post begins. Guys don't treat ugly girls like people. I don't know if it's just me, but like it, this just seems like the most obvious thing that you pair up the fem cells and the incels. They're like, yeah, nobody loves us. And they're like, nobody loves us. And you're like reads no. another so yeah that's i mean they're a constant bullying of women they found to be more attractive as part of why they couldn't sit on female dating strategy after a while because they just got a little bit they got so pissed off at us for like not letting them sit with us kind of thing like oh they're mean girls imagine being so unpleasant that they don't even accept you on the female dating strategy subreddit it's regina george but it's like we can only handle so much of your shit before we start to set boundaries you know people think we're horrible people for excluding themselves or whatever right but like it was for no they think it for many other reasons a reason every time there was a tiktok of an attractive woman putting on makeup or whatever they'd all be like she's performing for the male gaze she's such a slut or whatever like calling her stacy and shit like a lot of people that might not have seen those because as moderators we remove those but it's just constant negativity or posting like long rants about lookism and then like weird racialized dating advice that felt like very similar to some of the male counterparts on on reddit that were like it's basically like guys who are non-white that would just complain about like oh i wish i was white all of the time and so like we don't want to read like post after post of you complaining about not being white like that's just reeks of low self-esteem and is like i get secondhand cringe as a woman of color myself like girl you have to stop focusing on this interesting you know what that is i believe there's there's been some rumors flying around not that it matters but i guess everybody's always just trying to get uh, an understanding of what these people look like right because we've listened to like 50 hours of them or more anyway somewhere around that so anyways that is the first time Roa has referred to herself as a person of color so that there's something there. because it just makes you less likely to focus on your own unique skills and abilities and attractiveness and that kind of stuff after just reading it reading it reading it, not only is it depressing but also it's not true and also like the self-flagellation doesn't help them right if we just keep posting it it doesn't help other people that's the thing like most of the time actually can be really good to have a community of people where you can like you know commiserate about your problems and find common ground and you know come up with solutions all that normally is a very very good thing but this is one of those things where having a community to talk about how unattractive you feel and bullying women who are more attractive than you and in their head they think they're justified because they're like you know and I get this a lot on Twitter too, where it's like, oh, you're higher than me in the social hierarchy. Therefore, by attacking you, I'm actually fighting the power kind of thing, right? It's kind of like, you know, in their mind, it's like a system of oppression, but instead of being based on sex or being based on wealth or something like that, like a normal person, they base it on attractiveness. And so they see it as like attractive people are oppressing less attractive people by being hostile to attractive people. They're like, it's, they're like rising up and, you know, fighting the power. They think of it as like a social justice type of thing, right? It's just a lot. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. It's just a lot. <laughs> Okay, so continuing, I was the kind of girl in school where it was like, people would say, oh, he has a crush on you to make fun of the guy, Amanda told me. She was anxious and unhappy, but she didn't want to talk about any of it with her friends. When she first heard the term femcel, it offered some clarity. In a very literal way, I was involuntarily celibate and female. So I was like, okay, that applies. See, again, you can't, there's, it's only voluntary if you're a female, unless it's like the rarest of cases. Okay, so yeah, so a lot of these women were bullied. Yeah. So online, she found thousands of other women who were trying to figure out how to live without the kind of romantic love that our society has deemed a pillar, maybe the pillar of happiness. Even though the women in the subreddit were pretty depressed and sad, it did give me reassurance, she said. At least there are other people out there who are like me, and they weren't completely weird. They were pretty normal. Oh, that's another thing, actually, that distinguishes femcells and incels is that most femcells are actually, like, relatively normal people. Like, they might have low self-esteem. They might be, you know, slightly less attractive or even just, like, average in appearance. But incels, male incels, are, like, insane. Like, they're all fucking weird they're all coomers they like look gross they act gross and they externalize all their problems right part of the reason they got banned is because they were trying to plot like a government coup to redistribute women <laughs> what <laughs> the fem cells don't do that shit the fem cells don't do that shit they're more or less like this article says just very sad and so yeah the incels get shit done ladies
Sometimes they do come up with some of these cockamamie theories about attractiveness. But it doesn't come up, it doesn't result in violent political action. So it's like a huge line. Yeah, it's not even really political. It's more or less like them trying to analyze, like they're trying to figure out why they aren't attractive, right? It's more of a self-flagellation trying to figure out like to some extent, especially when you get into different parts of different ideas about race and then proximity and then where you grew up. Some of it is like culturally induced social hierarchies due to like things like racism, et cetera. And then so other things are just like, even if it was within their own culture and their majority feeling like they're still unattractive in accordance to the beauty standards of their own culture and them trying to dissect that kind of thing. And in some ways, it's just a discussion about intersectionality, et cetera. But yeah, it's nothing like incels. But again, that's the line. It's like the fem cells will have a discussion about intersectionality and the incels will like do a bomb threat or some shit, you know? Incels are mall shooters. Oh, they rent vans. Incels are mall shooters. They're school shooters, right? Like they do crazy shit. I just want to be very 100% clear and avoid the sort of false equivalency that I see going on all the time. False equivalency. There's no such thing as a fem cell. Incels are- It's like a cutesy thing title that women are giving each other who are just like not good at dating because they don't want to have they, they don't want to be left out of the of the discussion so they go we're, we're incels we're fem cells filming themselves harassing and abusing women in public yeah so as much as i like to dunk on fem cells i actually am low-key kind of defending them right now just because like they are nowhere near as bad as male incels i just want to be perfectly clear there's so many people who try to draw a false equivalency and be like well like female incels are using the same rhetoric as male incels and it could become dangerous in the future well it's not stop speculating on whether it could become worse in the future or whether the rhetoric is dangerous or whatever focus on what you actually see in front of you and they are not the f- aaron says danny would would the, what's the over under these uh these women would date andrew tate as a pen pal Probably, I mean, as a pen pal? I don't think as a pen pal. Maybe if he got out, but I don't think he'd be into them. Fucking same. So here's a paragraph reiterates that. Around the same time that Amanda was getting involved in the femcell community, mass media attention was focused on its far better known male counterpart. Because, of course, the lonely and angry young men of the internet became a subject of fascination because their language was disgusting and the threats of violence against women were real. Incels deified the murderer Elliot Roger, who killed six people and himself in Isla Vista, California in 2014, and left behind a YouTube video in which he outlined his plans to punish women for rejecting him. Right. So male audacity here. So coverage also eliminated the broader manosphere, the sprawling online network of disaffected young men that overlapped with the so-called alt-right and with President Donald Trump's rabid army of mega trolls okay so this is a side note i don't like when the mainstream media automatically makes all of the manosphere alt-right because it's actually pretty politically diverse yeah that's actually so true there are (laughs) left-wing manosphere people there are left-wing incels violent incels yeah actually there are some of it who literally take like a communist approach and they see themselves again as like a sort of proletariat of ugly people and that they need to rise up and <laughs> the proletariat of the ugly like redistribute <laughs> they have this idea of like redistributing sex as though it's the same as like resources or whatever right it's just too convenient that whenever we have these like male incel movements that they always try to assign it to a political party rather than maleness and I'm like it's just fucking maleness like i'm not saying there's not these maggot like right-wing trolls i'm just saying it's not exclusively that by any means and the fact that they to like pigeonhole it there is actually in some respects dangerous because like we said it's not that left wing men are not devoid of misogyny right like these guys are the like the pro porn poor sissy porn pro they're the ones you never expect SM, kink, you know, pro-prostitution, pro-pedophilia narratives, pro-pedophilia guys. And like those guys are, that's a large percentage of the incels just as much as these like super patriarchal race hierarchy right-wing tools. Exactly. Yeah. So it's both of them. Before you continue, I do want to say actually in the article, it says of disaffected young men that overlapped with the so-called alt-right. So it does say they overlapped. And yes, there is some overlap, but I just feel that there needs to be more recognition on the left-wing incels. Hell yeah. Like they're actually in some respects, I feel like people understand the alt-right is all like fringe. Sometimes the left-wing parts because it left-wing media is so mainstream and like self-reinforcing that they ignore the fact that they're creating incels and violent misogynist movements on the left side. Like the whole narrative around like not fucking me is discrimination. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. right. Like that whole narrative. Yeah, that's left-wing incels. That is a left-wing incel movement, right? The whole thing that lesbians have to take dick, that kind of shit. 
pretty based. Right? Like, that's what we're talking about, of like rabid male entitlement, regardless of political stripes. Exactly. In a 2018 report on the intersection of misogyny and white supremacy, the anti def Anthony Ross says, would they hook up with a potential shooter to save society or ask for change in the legislation? I'm referring to these clucking hens. They would not. Uh, would they hook up with the shooter? Hell no. No, no, no. They just want him just imprisoned. The League outlined how incel's sense of entitlement to sex was leading them toward other extremist spaces and beliefs. This is a scary and dizzyingly complicated story. And femcels, whose rage was quieter and whose presence was smaller, didn't really factor in. Because they're not these guys. <laughs> yeah. Because they're not as scary. <laughs> That's why. They're just sad. They're just sad, mostly. Five years later, incels are a known quantity and femcels are the new mystery. In recent months, headlines have named 2022 the year of the femcel and heralded a common, quote, femcel revolution, wherein women are reclaiming involuntary celibacy and asserting their right to give a name to their loneliness and alienation. You see how that's like not threatening in comparison to the incel revolution? Yeah, like women just call it loneliness. Like dudes are, are literally like, you're depriving my right to reproduce and like further my genetics. And women are like, ah, so lonely. The incel revolution, wasn't that guy um, who drove his van into a crowd of people who cited the incel revolution in Canada? Yeah, that was Alec Manassian. The incel revolution is where all the ugly men rise up and take over the government and forcibly redistribute women sexually like the Handmaid's Tale. Okay, so literally like dystopian crazy shit. Femcel revolution Another Canadian. is where they reclaim involuntary celibacy and assert their right to give a name to their loneliness and alienation. So really all it is is like, we demand the right to talk about our problems, but there's no government taking over stuff at all happening there. The attack I'm referencing is by Alec Manassian, and he killed 10 people in Toronto in 2018 as part of the, quote, incel rebellion. Yeah. I mean, just compare and contrast what the femcels are trying to do versus what the incels are trying to do. The incels, like what their actual goals and tactics are completely different. Yeah. Let's be fair to the femcels that they are nowhere near and they're not the same as incels and everybody trying to both sides is really disingenuous. So this new recognition of femcels has tended to stop there, but incel had political meaning. People who identified with the term were read as reactionaries. The young, mostly white men who felt left behind as society progressed beyond its historical focus on their specific needs. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it up. Well, again, this feels like, I mean, it's probably mostly white because the United States is mostly white. But if you actually read the incel, this incel forums, they have names for it. It's multiracial. It's multiracial. That's how they came up with stuff like rice cell and curry cell. They call themselves that, by the way. Because <laughs> yeah, they got a good sense of humor about things, at least. The very yes, least. for non-white incels. <laughs> yeah. There's another one that black men use to refer to themselves that I won't repeat, but it's like. <laughs> Just take the first half of a slur and then add cell. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what they call call themselves it's like the incel movement is very diverse again like they're saying it's mostly young white men i mean it is because just probably honestly the thing too is like they're, they're pretty funny to start i guess they're all just so autistic because you're like you're kind of funny you just like get to the gym and problem solved for the most part numbers wise because of the united states being mostly white this is a male problem again this it's not a political problem it's not a racial problem it is a male problem like name the problem you know and each of these has their own sub incel movements there's like asian masculinity and south asian masculinity and a few others ones that worship kevin samuels exactly there's the generalized incel oh movement. they're gonna dance on that dude's grave when he dies and then there's sub racialized the incel movements is. for each of these specific racial groups which is just all sorts of problematic it's intersectional it's intersectional <laughs> look at this beautiful harmony between <laughs> Look <laughs> like this beautiful harmony between the races bonding over male entitlement. Yes, <laughs> from the fires of this. I want to say actually the thing that all the men have in common is that they were raised to think that they were entitled to have a woman without having to actually offer any value to the woman. Not only are incels ugly, but they actually just don't want to have to do like boyfriend shit. They're like, oh, girls want you to like take them out to dinner and treat them really well, but I hate women. I want to treat them like shit. Why won't they date me? Like they were raised to think they were entitled to have a woman and treat women badly. And I don't think they were raised to. 
about anything about women. I think these are they were raised by television. The fact that that's not panning out for them, they are very retaliatory and abusive over that, right? Like the abusiveness is like a way of trying to reclaim power, right? Women were not raised like men to think that they were entitled to a partner, to a slave. Women were raised to think like, oh, if you don't have a man, you know, you're worthless kind of thing, right? And it's much more internalizing. It's like the expectations that men and women are raised with have had very different impacts on the fem cell versus the incel movement. But that's just me. The term fem cell is now in widespread use, not just in Reddit forums, but on every major social platform, including the Gen Z favored TikTok. But we still don't know what it's for. If a fem cell revolution is coming, what new worlds are fem cells dreaming about? When Amanda talks about the fem cell community, she specifically contrasts it with one other option, contemporary liberal feminism, or maybe quote, girl boss feminism as popularized by millennials and and the brands that cater to them, which we've also dragged. Because it's easy to drag. I, understandable that you criticize liberal feminism. They're finding the same holes in liberal feminism and girl boss feminism that a lot of us found their solutions. Not true. You're all girl bosses. Don't listen to them. And their discussion. You're all queens and you're all girl bosses. Of it is more or less what the issue is, which is why I think they like female dating strategy because we were one of places that were calling out the complete nonsense of liberal feminism. Yeah. They liked us because we hated the same things, but we didn't stand for the same things. Exactly. So the liberal feminist notion of like supporting all women, feeling positive all the time, it's disingenuous she told me when she started identifying with the term fem cell it was partly because she felt a resentment toward a style of feminism that challenged traditional duty standards mostly by asking those who fell short of them to feel beautiful anyway regardless of their lived experiences i'd rather be able to talk about being ugly than just to try to convince myself that i'm pretty she said yeah i agree i think it's important to be honest and not delude yourself and that's the that's point true. i made in the female political strategy episode of like fem cell feminism don't plug your other show on here um, right where a lot of the push was by women who feel like they're traditionally locked out of like what society deems sexually attractive and and the push was to like make these women feel sexually attractive. And I'm like, if you're chasing the male gaze, that's kind of a self-defeating prophecy. I like chasing male gaze. I guess because ultimately male attention is fickle. It's not that I don't think you should have more wider representation of women of different body types and et cetera. But the issue is just more or less like if you stake all of your feminism in sexualizing women's bodies and forcing them to feel beautiful, then when men don't respond that way and then women learn they're not going to respond that way, then first of all, the fem cells get upset because they feel like they've been lied to. Your feminist movement ends up being diluted because there's an over-focus on physical attractiveness as a feminist movement. Mm-hmm. What people find sexually attractive is so unique. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. To that person, more or less, that trying to use feminism to force like a sexual politic, like a morality around who you're sexually attracted to. Yeah, Everyone. it's pretty futile, more or less. Like it's, and the fem cells have discovered it's futile, right? At least this group of fem cells. Like if there's another group of fem cells who are still somewhat in denial about it. Liberal fem cells? Yeah, liberal fem cells. I want to be clear, there's different types of fem cells. There's the trad fem cells. There's the one who are like, why are men always chasing the bad girls instead of good girls like me? There's the lib fem cells. They're the ones who are like, lesbians don't take dick. They are bigots. Or, you know, oh, you don't, <laughs> I'm 500 pounds. You know, men who don't find me attractive are fat phobic. That's Preach! another lib fem cell. Yeah! And then there's the rad fem cells. They're the ones who take the radical feminine 
feminist angle of like they're the ones who tend to be more into like pink pill or you know black pill type of stuff if you do anything that could be remotely considered sexually attractive by anyone you're a sellout and you're ball palming (laughs) you're performing for the male gaze that crowd so there's different types of fem cells right and so obviously the fem cells who were more rad femcells got really mad perform for some male gaze right now in the comments that we called the lib fem cells they're mad that we conflated the two i just want to be clear that all of y'all are fem cells I mean, fact. And honestly, liberal femcellism is how we get people like, hate to keep saying her name, but Tracy Clark Flory, right? I mean, her entire feminist dick was like, I want to be as sexually attractive as like the porn stars to men, right? And like her entire feminist sexual ethos and her entire focus on the sexual revolution was about that rather than actual strategies to make women's sex life considerably better. It just becomes about like, how come I'm not the sexual the person that people find sexually attractive? It must be oppression. It must be patriarchy that's making me not sexually attractive, mm, right? Yeah. And I'm like, sorry, you just have bad genetics. I hate <laughs> Right, like oh. how you tell someone, like it's not patriarchy, like that people don't find you sexually attractive. It's, it's the same thing as we talked about in this episode about tall men with short people arms. This people were saying that oh, because of patriarchy, that's why shorter men aren't as considered as sexually attractive. And I'm like, is it patriarchy or is it just like millions of years of evolution, right? Like of females preferring taller men. Yeah, like deer, for example, the females usually want to mate with a larger bucks with the larger antlers and shit, right? If you're a buck that has smaller antlers or is just physically smaller and weaker, and the does don't want to mate with you, tough luck. I'm sorry, that's just luck of the draw. You just lost the genetic lottery. Sorry, but it's life right and there's some things that are culturally induced but like the liberal fem cells making all of their feminism about like how come people don't sexually objectify me as much as they do skinny blonde white women yeah this other woman and then making that like a reflection of patriarchy rather than like talking about specifically representation and focusing on that and that's where the disconnect has been coming between all of the different fem cell groups and then liberal feminism and secondarily radical feminism it's like the lib fem cells and the red fem cells are just duking it out honestly and we're over here like could y'all quit like like, and i'm over here just like you're gonna win this argument because like listen red fem cells you cannot control what makes a man's dick hard i'm sorry but you know it is what it is yeah lip fem cells you can't control what men find sexually attractive red fem cells you can't control what women now to have sex with right you can't tell us like oh be man they don't like any lesbian or whatever they're trying to push sometimes like we're not doing it we're like dick and you guys gonna have to figure out a way to get over it we're gonna live over here in reality <laughs> yeah where some people are ugly reality- i think honestly it's should they it's the stuff like this that they say that kind of brings a lot of us back i kind of had a just a thought there that it must be. Reality is that. Some- oh, by the way, three more likes, I'll give away a channel membership. Some people in any given population, some people are faster than others. Some people are taller. Some people can draw better. Some people are more physically attractive. Three and more what's likes, con- generally considered physically attractive is pretty consistent culturally, even with all the weird racialized stuff. Is generally like, yeah, like facial symmetry. Big, yeah. A lot of it is biological. Yeah, like facial symmetry. People generally like you know people who are like taller, who are fit, maybe some muscles, that kind of stuff. Not morbidly obese. You know, whether thinness or more curviness that can change through time, that sort of stuff. But like, yeah, there are certain standards of beauty that are actually just pretty universal regardless of culture but and yeah, maybe some of that but anyways this feels mean overall markers of health are <laughs> generally mean. universally attractive clear skin etc so in some ways this logic okay so this is continuing on after the found said i'd rather be able to talk about being ugly than just to try to convince myself that i'm pretty she said feel you on that so next uh, paragraph in some ways this logic is even more uncomfortable than the original incel logic in a 2021 essay the feminist theorist jilly voice k argued that it's not just incels who assume that any woman can get sex from men this is a widespread cultural assumption women have long been understood to hold sexual capital in modern dating culture they're expected to wield it fem cells complicate that story they feel the same sense of humiliation and exclusion that incels do but they react to those feelings differently incel discourse tends to project anger outward onto society and a hatred of women Kay told me when we spoke recently facts the anger is expressed radically facts. through threats of violence or through bizarre though arguably imaginative calls for the government to redistribute sex facts <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> sounding familiar in fem cell discourse it does tend to be much more turned inward on the self she said though society is discussed as inherently lookist and unfair fem cells are not out to change it because they don't see it as changeable 
yeah, they don't see it as changeable. Yeah, I mean, this is, goes back to the mountains of research about how men versus women deal with problems. And one of them is women tend to internalize it and men tend to externalize it as a problem with everybody else because male audacity. Another point I want to make about this article is that incels and fem cells want different things. Incels tend to want just sex. And so the whole incel argument, like, oh, any woman can get sex from men. The male incels don't seem to realize or care that female incels, they don't just want sex. They want a relationship. They want to be treated like a human being. Yeah, it's like male incels want to be able to treat women as sexual objects and fem cells want to be treated as people. Yeah, exactly. And you can see the difference in this and how the, quote, fantasies of what life would be like if they were attractive play out between the fem cells and the incels. When you look at the incels, a lot of their, like, male power fantasies is being able to, like, <clears throat> I think the incels would win that one. Treat women like sexual objects. And have sex with lots of women and treat them like shit. Yeah, no, and exactly. They've literally drawn these cartoons of the so-called, quote unquote, chads, like, doing all sorts of sexually degrading things to women, like, like slapping their penis in their face. Or, like, getting them pregnant and then leaving them and you know a single mom like slapping them around etc this is the incel power fight this is the incel sexual fantasy they're crying inside because they'll never be able to sexually abuse and objectify a woman in the same manner as much as they think attractive men do which is bizarre well not bizarre when you understand male behavior but they see this as like the ultimate privilege is to be able to treat women as disposable degraded objects that's their goal yeah and the fem cells want the opposite of that a lot of them read like fan fiction stuff or draw like fan fiction <laughs> like their fa fanfic cartoons are like a man sees them and sees their beauty on the inside and falls in love with them and treats them really well and treats them like a princess and that kind of stuff like the fem cell fantasies their fandom you just need a fem cell just to find an incel but like just bitch them around a bunch till you know kind of mold them into the dude stuff is very different it's a very different picture they want a man who loves and cherishes them or the male incels want to be the sort of man who can like abuse women it's a very different power fantasy continuing this inward facing posture contributes to the difficulty in estimating the group's size and summarizing its positions when the most well-known reddit forum specifically for fem cells our true fem cells was banned from the platform in june 2020 it had just over 25,000 members the subreddit was one of 2,000 forums banned for quote promoting hate after a major change to reddit's content policies a reddit spokesperson declined to provide more detail in the decision because it was probably bullshit to speak <laughs> they're not going to give any detail because it was probably like well we have they probably both sides did it oh yeah the male incels the female incels they're both equally as bad get rid of them the larger vindicta subreddit was created as a space for fem cells to discuss looks maxing or improving their physical appearance looks, with a combination uh, of soft makeup and hard plastic surgery. I guess the soft looks maxing is makeup, hard looks maxing is plastic surgery. But has recently seen a dilute looks maxing. I've never, I understand that. I've never heard that term before. Influx of non fem cells looking for beauty advice and sometimes offering words of encouragement. <laughs> Read the next paragraph. This is so funny. <laughs> this has caused problems. Reminder to fem cells people who lie to you and tell you that you look fine the way you are are not on your side, a moderator wrote last year. They benefit from you remaining ugly and not fixing your looks because it makes them more attractive <laughs> relative to you. It's true. It's, <laughs> it's mental warfare. This is why the fem cells had to go. Ga this is like literal gamesmanship. Oh. It's that sort of attitude, which is why we didn't let them hang out with us on FDS is because like, first of all, like, yeah, there were some women who would wander into the true fem cells of the vindictus operators and be like, and say the same things that we thought, which is like, you guys aren't that ugly. <laughs> like, no, they're not. That's the thing. They're, you just look average, like, right? And so we, we look at these women and we're like, you look fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. And they actually get mad at us for saying that kind of stuff. They're like, no, I am ugly. I am a one out of 10. I'm a two out of 10. I'm a horrible monstrous gargoyle. A man hasn't looked at me in 10 years kind of thing, right? So they get really fucking hostile to women who say anything like, positive towards them you know fds is about leveling up maximizing female benefit and stuff we're not into the whole like self-flagellating and like being at the bottom of the hierarchy and crying about it and staying there right we want to increase our position in the hierarchy we want to increase our power increase the quality of our life and so on and they don't 
Yeah, I don't understand it because even on the incel subreddits, and I used to lurk some of the incel subreddits, and there was a really funny subreddit called incel selfie, where it would be sort of be guys who would take selfies of themselves and be like, is it over for me based on how they look? And like most of them were like overwhelmingly young guys hadn't really grown into like their bodies or their looks yet. The vast majority were pretty average. There was like a handful of them where I was like, yeah, bro, it's gonna be real tough for you because they were really short and they were just facially <laughs> fucked up. And there was nothing that could be done about that. But actually, even among the incel- Yes, there is a thing that can be done about that. It's called money. Cells, at least the ones that were brave enough to take selfies, they actually looked fairly average, right? And I'm like, 100% of your problem is your personality. <laughs> Which is actually... It is hard. That's the thing. Even if you have a bad personality, you can still work on your personality, you know? Like, become interesting. Like, that can be done. It's it's possible to work on your personality. Like, I'm sure some people are too far gone, but... Not comforting to them, because the incels actually get mad when you say that, too. The incels get really mad when you say, oh, you're not that ugly, it's just your personality, because, like, at least, like, looks, they can at least blame someone else. If it's their personality, they have no one exactly. <laughs> to blame with themselves, right? And that's just a really uncomfortable thought for them. Or lack of grooming. That's also the problem, is them just not having figured out how to groom themselves in a way. Okay, groomer that's attractive or consistent like I, mean, I saw a lot of struggle braids struggle beards etc i'm like you could take care of that and vastly improve your chances of a woman finding sounds your like a lot of really depressed guys if you just choose not to i want to say sounds like, like just depression to the incels and the fem cells like what you call looks maxing is just what normal people do normally <laughs> i agree <laughs> like showering putting on makeup like grooming yourself <laughs> right like i just want to say it's not that hard <laughs> the one thing that i feel like a lot of them don't understand and i feel actually really bad for gen z because of the fact aaron lee with a 20 dollars super chat thanks man he says do you have a p.o box i wanted to send you a christmas gift last year but could not find an address also dumb thing i thought as a kid i thought a school fundraiser was a fundraiser an event to raise the level of fun i think i'm actually going to do tomorrow uh dumbest things you thought as a kid part two so, uh, Aaron, we'll, we'll read that on the show. Um, for the P.O. Box, just DM me anywhere that I have DM. I just don't want to give it out on YouTube, but um, DM me Instagram, Discord, Twitter, Facebook, literally anywhere, and I'll get it to you. Thanks, pal. That they've only known the social media age, Instagram age, is that they don't understand that how much attractiveness is actually a learned skill. And it actually took me a while to really like catch on that some of the women who look seem like they look really effortless at school every day in high school. A lot of them, they would spend hours perfecting their makeup, right? They would spend hours of perfecting their makeup. I was one of those girls. I got up at five in the morning every day in high school to do my hair and put in hair extensions and my makeup. They spent a ton of money on products like trial and error, Crazy. trying to figure out what worked with their hair, what worked, what didn't. Obviously, that takes money. So sometimes I got a job at 15 and spent most of my paycheck on cigarettes actually and grooming products. I quit smoking. Yeah, so I spent it mostly on cigarettes, drugs, and grooming products. I feel like a lot of them didn't quite understand that that was the case. A lot of them didn't realize that that was the case that a lot of women were doing that. So they think a lot of this stuff just happens. You know, they obsessively search through magazines to look for the new like fashion trends, et cetera. Like these women study fashion style, et cetera, like, like a part-time job basically. And also they have the money to sustain their habits. So it's not necessarily that you're ugly. It's that you either haven't dedicated the time and effort to putting into your looks like they have, or you don't have the money to sustain it. And I think there's a famous quote it's like you're not ugly, you're just poor. Yeah, that's a meme. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think, I feel like a lot of femsels aren't aware of that. So when they look at themselves, I'm like, I'm hideously ugly. I'm like, no, you look like an average person who hasn't done, who hasn't put in hours of work on their appearance, like the women that you think are so much more attractive than you have. Because if they didn't put in the amount of work that they put on their appearance every day, they would look just like, right? No, there's definitely room for... I mean, it takes time to paint your face. A conversation around like how, you know, starting when I was like 14, 15, I put way too much emphasis on beauty standards. I had kind of an eating disorder actually when I was in my teen years, just to stay thin and and there's definitely room to be had about how that's harmful to women and like the pressure that women feel to meet these kinds of beauty standards comes at an enormous cost to 
not just financially, but also to your mental health, your physical health and so on. Right. So, you know, I'd be more open to having those kinds of conversations and how like tragic actually it is, in my opinion, that a lot of young girls feel whether they meet the beauty standards or not, they all feel that pain and that trauma around beauty standards. Right. But at the same time, it's like it's really hard to have those kinds of conversations with fem cells, because whenever I try to open up about that kind of experience, they're all very hostile to me. Like I've talked about some of the stuff on Twitter and they're all like, oh, you know, you whore, you like, you know, spend all that. Like they call me a Stacy. They like call me stupid for spending calling her a Stacey. all that time and money trying to be beautiful and stuff and like they see me as I mean, again you got to keep up it's it's uh, from the like evolutionary biology standpoint it's like if everybody else is going to do it then you're now disadvantaged in trying to find a mate if if you're a woman who's just not doing this stuff like obviously some dude at some point figured out a way to make women look hotter with by them putting paint on their face and then now we you know it's big business that the problem oh you're perpetuating toxic patriarchal beauty standards and stuff like that so it's really hard to have those kinds of conversations with some fem cells because they're not really willing to try it's to- not patriarchal beauty standards like guys i don't know could be wrong where guys like hey you should paint your face to see the perspective of the woman. that seems like a industrious young lad lass last you know the grass is always greener on the other side right but they don't really seem to be that interested in you know trying to understand things from another woman's perspective yeah it seems again that they're more or less trying to blame they don't want to admit that maybe it's not that they're hideously ugly by the way i hear some people who can't tell the difference between lilith and roe lilith is because she's canadian she says she will understand like that if you hear that that's lilith she goes understand maybe it's their personality or perhaps they've just internalized some really really bad messaging because of like people being shitty in high school i mean high school it doesn't matter but i feel like so many people just have so much unresolved high school trauma you know like so many adults going through life with like trauma that they got in high school that they just have internalized that worldview and not really challenged it you know and it's sad a little bit because i feel like i've at least i hope i've like matured and grown since then sometimes i meet people and it's like very obvious to me that they're still in that kind of high school mentality i stopped giving a shit the day after my graduation i'm never gonna see these yeah you did yeah and that was pretty much it like um <laughs> i like graduated from my small town high school like i'm never gonna see you fucking townies ever again peace out bitch i'm off to the big city <laughs> basically <laughs> healthy self-esteem okay so next paragraph now fem cells are scattered across what Kay tentatively calls the femisphere some left reddit altogether moving instead to small fem cell specific boards on the reddit lookalike site the pink pill which has only 580 members another reason the fem cell subculture is difficult to visualize and comprehend they're unwanted even in many women only spaces so they sometimes hide or are hidden they were tolerated in the notorious female dating strategy subreddit for a while whoop, whoop, but we're later kicked out this is um <laughs> i'm trying to see these two links here so there's one link to the jezebel article and the second link is to uh oh this is to jam so the word notorious is highlighted and then it goes to the jezebel article which again it annoys me that like that is now that piece of shit that they call journalism is now seen as like oh that's the defining article of like if you want to understand fds go read that kind of thing right it's so dishonest right but then it says but we're later kicked out let's click on that where does that go and that was clicked and that goes to a rant by the og jammies oh isn't it close because the subreddit is private well they know they have an archive link here that was the og jammies ranting reminder fds is not winked out over them so we're dating strategy so you should date oh yeah i remember that one fun. that was a really good day actually i really enjoyed that <laughs> public dragging of everyone i really enjoyed that day as a moderator <laughs> i feel like that was the first in a long series of I forget that these like chicks are just moderating a subreddit all the time like like that's like a main hobby of theirs is just moderating mods versus the user base yeah, of like disagreements between the FDS mods and the FDS user base being like, you know, you should level up and stop being a sad fucking loser. 
Like, and then the user base who are still sad, non-leveled up being like, how dare you? If I remember correctly, because this is after the true fem cells was banned. And this is when we started seeing that massive uptick of fem cell activity. And it started pissing everybody off on the mod team. Like, y'all, could y'all like stop posting? Like, because every other post would be about lookism and then like racist facial standards. There was one fem cell who went off like, yeah, she posted a article. It was about a certain like race space. It was a racially themed article, which we removed because we thought it could be like construed as like racist. And she went off on us, like accusing FDS mods of being racist for like not letting her speak her truth and stuff. And she just like went on like a one year like harassment campaign against FDS mods because we removed her post and banned her. Was that the one that showed up to our uh, lecture that we did with Gail Dines? I think that was the same one. Yes, I think that was the same one. (laughs) Yeah, this woman is mental. She went around to all of the FDS dissent subs like saying like FDS mods are racist and like not having any receipts or proof like just saying like they removed my post which was racist and therefore that makes them racist. She got up at like the crack of dawn paid $30. Yeah, people do that. Just to come harass us at um, a lecture we gave with Dr. Gail Dines. It was pretty, pretty mental. So I was like, yeah, this is why they can't sit with us. This is why they can't sit with us, right? This is why we're allowed to draw boundaries with these types of women. Like, I've actually met a few women like this in real life where it's hard to describe it. They just get a sort of strange obsession with me. Like, I have to destroy her. I call them ankle biters because I touched on this idea, you know, overcoming conflicts with women, the catfight episode. There's a specific type of woman where, like, she is of a lower status than me in her mind, even if I treat her as my equal, like in her mind, she sees herself as beneath me. And then she's like, has this sort of like, I have to fight the power. I need to take down Lilith. Like bitch thinks she's so hot. Well, I'm going to like, or that bitch thinks she's hot shit. Like she thinks she's so good at her career. And she thinks she's got this and she's got the man and whatever. Like, I just find it so hard to believe that there's male subreddits, subreddits with this kind of drama. They'll just decide that they hate me and become just obsessed with like just ankle biting. It's just so kind of weird and pathetic because they're coming at it from like beneath me. Right. So <laughs> it's kind of like a little yappy chihuahua just like, Nyah! Like, you know, so it's not effective. That's the other thing is like dedicate years of their lives to trying to like destroy me, but it's mostly not effective and just makes them look crazy. Like I said, if they were there for ju- to just ask about strategies to date, if you're not. Now I'm starting to wonder if that accident Lilith had was actually an accident after all, or if, you know, she, she's got a couple enemies who would love to see something bad happen to Lilith. Makes you think. Quote unquote, traditionally attractive then. That'd be one thing, but all of this other stuff that they're doing is a problem. So um, that's kind of why we had to tell the themselves to get lost. Okay, so the Forever Alone subreddit welcomes them, but forbids the use of any incel or femcel lingo. A woman only 4chan like image board called lolcow.farm has a reputation as another site that femcels have drifted to and is covered with femcel lingo, but virently denied their presence there when I posted on the site about the story. They're a fringe group that is mostly a meme, one commenter wrote. Femcels aren't real, another added. I do think that femcels are real, but they are a fringe group, yeah. Femcels are real and their existence has meaning, but thinking of them as a unified group with specific political goals... You're valid if you're a femcel. ...is less useful than thinking of them as overlooked individuals who are now being swept around the web, sometimes letting their insecurities and resentments lead them into unproductive conversations. The architecture of many of the forums they've ended up in encourages defensiveness, border patrolling, exclusion, even aggression. For, for instance, while femcel culture is not inherently transphobic, there is an overlap or amenability to transphobia, Kay told me. Femcels, especially now, tend to find themselves on identity based. Everything has an overlap. Everybody thinks that all this stuff is like purely ideological and they're just like these are things that people have different varying feelings about so there's gonna always be an overlap with forums that are fixated on biological essentialist ideas of gender women are like this men are like that as Kay put it more stagnant than revolutionary these spaces do just kind of become inward looking very defensive rather than about imagining radical new futures she said so the problem is is that once again i feel like they're shoehorning transphobia into everything oh they're alt right oh they're white oh they're transphobic like they're trying to shoehorn a lot of other like fem cells are politically diverse just like incels are okay as i just said there's trad fem cells there's rad fem cells there's lip fem cells chat fems will go on tiktok in their little house in the prairie dress and talk about how submissive they are and why aren't men picking them like <laughs> yeah and then there's the rad fem cells those are the 
are the ones who tend to be more quote unquote transphobic. They're the ones who, you know, I call them black pillars generally. They just like make fun of women they don't like and make fun of men in dresses. That's the extent and limitation of their political activism. And then there's the lip themselves who are generally more like the, you know, if lesbians don't take dick, they're a bigot. The lip themselves will say things like policing trans women's gender expression is contributing to lookism, right? They're the ones that'll say things like black women don't fit mainstream beauty standards, just like trans women don't fit mainstream beauty standards. Therefore, policing gender expression in trans women is racist and contributing to lookism and contributing Hard to, to argue with that. Right? So like, this is just not true, right? This is where I kind of feel like they tight logic right there. Cherry pick what they want to see to push certain narratives. But like I said, there are liberal femme cells who are pro-trans ideology and they justify it under the lens of like, oh, if trans women aren't considered women, even if they look very, very masculine, then I'm going to get policed in my beauty expression too. Yeah, they equate being a femme cell and being an unattractive woman to being saying that same experience is the experience of being trans. So again, politically diverse, them cherry picking the narrative that they want to see here in the Atlantic is just full. So once again, trying to shoot her in the conversation a certain way. And again, I don't understand what they mean by imagining radical new futures. And this is how they always do a cop out here. What radical new futures? People have been having sex for millions upon millions of years. And there's some things about that are fairly. Cons- I mean, Japan, I think your radical new future is going to be Japan massive population decrease. So when they say imagining radical new futures, I would love to see their outline of that. But again, this is how they kind of hide them not having actual solutions, right? Okay, so in the past year, the term femcel has taken a surprising turn. It has been adopted by mainstream internet. On Twitter, it's an easy synonym for depressed or not dating right now. On Instagram, it's a sort of funny word to pair with a baffling meme or a picture in which you actually look really hot and disaffected. It's newly popular on TikTok, which has seen an odd trend towards semi-ironic sex negativity. And on Tumblr, it's the latest word for describing your basic Tumblr user, a romantic loner who likes the blog. The air of the incel is over, the air of the fem- cell has begun, reads a tweet that has been circulating as a meme. The text appears above a graph that shows an increase in the number of women under 35 who say they have not had sex in the past year. The graph was created by a right-wing think tank with a creepy task of promoting the natural family. I think it's pretty normal that a lot of women who haven't had sex in the past year because of the pandemic, right? I wasn't like seriously looking for a boyfriend for like the first three quarters of the pandemic. So does that make me a fem cell? Like, no, <laughs> you know, it's pretty normal, I guess. Yeah, it went down in 2021. Oh, so they didn't have sex during the pandemic? Duh. Like, there was like a massive spike in 2019, 2020, 2021. So I'm like, yeah, 2020 is when the, the pandemic took off. And we've been talking about this in general. A lot of women are losing their appetite for dating because a lot of men are just like, you know, they just live within their mom's basement, playing video games, jerking off to porn. Like the overall quality of men has generally decreased. And I guess men are unhappy with women because we're not the submissive servants that they've been raised to think that they're entitled yeah. to. So, you know, men will be like, well, women aren't the sort of women that men want to date anymore either because they're not submissive and hot anymore. Okay, bye. We're good. <laughs> We'd rather not date that. If men are unhappy with us for not being submissive and we're unhappy with them for being shitty, then it's probably best if we don't date. <laughs> this is a war of attrition. We're just, we're just not going to fuck. So moving on. So it's like an appropriation of ugly girl culture, Amanda said, when I asked her about the diffusion of the term. I did kind of get that old feeling of like, you guys are not part of the group. You're too pretty to be part of this group. So basically, the femcells are gatekeeping femceldom. The same thing a lot of the women on the subreddit Vindicta who weren't that ugly either. We kept telling like, there's literally nothing wrong with you. And in fact, you might even be considered pretty. So on Tumblr in particular, the word is totally divorced from its original meaning and is following the natural goofy path of any internet word that is perceived to confer edginess and intrigue. Lila, a 21-year-old Tumblr user, recently used the femcell tag in a post that reads, in curling cursive script, asking myself if I can cook my instant noodles with vodka instead of water. The tropes of the toxic loner are not just for boys, she told me. I agreed to use only her first name because she was... What? Use... Um, worried about harassment. Right. <laughs> That's what happens with women. Tumblr users are adding hashtag femcell to images of antisocial icons like the super skinny and delusional Natalie Portman in Black Swan, the Lisbon sisters of the Virgin Suicides, and of course, Lana Del Rey, from whom they learned of the joys of cigarettes and cherry schnapps. I just thought that the word was funny and maybe even a little shocking. Hannah, a 19-year-old Tumblr user who also tagged some of her posts with femcell, told me, I knew it would get people's attention. Most of my posts are ironic. I've been in a relationship with my boyfriend for two years. <laughs> She's a boyfriend? What? 
<laughs> that's you know what the funniest fucking thing it's like i get so much hate on twitter for like oh you date men oh you know you're a traitor to women if you date men you know they think fds that we're traitors because we center men and so on but i was told recently by one of my Shout contacts the within the fem cell community my mutuals with on twitter too one of my contacts in the fem cell community saying like no actually in all of our discord chats and all of our group chats and stuff like all most of these women who dunk on women for dating men are themselves in relationships with low value men she said basically like the women who hate fds the most are all women in relationships with shitty men that makes the most sense to be honest like nobody <laughs> wants to re-examine their situation and whether or not it's benefiting them so i mean no one's gonna drag you up to get into the life where you belong all right exactly so here's the thing like the reason why they're in relationships with these low value men though and they clearly unhappy in multi-year like two three four ten year relationships with shitty men and they feel like oh well since i'm ugly i'm not gonna do any better they'd rather stay in a relationship with a man that they hate because they think they can't do any better and they don't want to be single right sad as fuck like i'm like i can't relate but no one's gonna force them to change right that's that's why i kind of feel like okay if you don't want to be part of fds then don't that's weird behavior to me that's the category of women who become ankle biters it's like they see women they think that they're inferior they see women they think are doing better than them and they just decide i have to take you down i have to destroy you next as silly or maybe even annoying as that may be using the word fem cell more lightly could hold some promise its literal use has been nearly tapped out at the personal level true fem cells see two main options for themselves they either give up on love and society altogether to quote lie here and rot again another reason why we didn't include them fds Lower your standards. Number one is like if you... Let's see if that's one of the options. Want a high-value man, you have to be a high-value woman. You have to level up. The strategy. If you have strategy, the whole lie here and rot attitude is fundamentally not compatible with FDS. Or they devote themselves to ascending through rigorous self-improvement and sometimes dangerous body modification. Broadly speaking, they're finding their way to extremes, but not toward anything revolutionary. A smaller number have recognized a more politically hopeful third option, Kay told me, which is to give up on men, but not on the world. In abandoning heterosexuality, they work... What? That sounds sad. And finding joy and intimacy in other ways or focusing on other areas of life which are not to do with romance and sex. So the political lesbian black pillar crowd, the wig towels. Yeah, and the wig towels, which again, we're not wig towels. I mean, there's some women that say they take breaks and they're not necessarily, you know, dating at the moment, but like as a lifestyle choice of singleness as a lifestyle choice, that wasn't supposed to be what female dating strategy was about. It's about like engaging the world as it is. If you want to opt out, that's your choice, but it's just not the direction that we wanted to go. Exactly. It's like, so again, I'm not against women taking breaks from dating. What bothers me is when the women who are not dating attack the women who are dating. That's a problem. Yeah. But definitely finding joint intimacy in ways in other areas of your life, other than romance and sex is also really important for leveling up. Even for women who are dating, in my opinion. Yeah, everyone should do that. We're not saying that you shouldn't do that. We're just saying that that's not just a fem cell thing. That's a being a normal person thing. If you've dedicated yourself to, quote, avoiding relationships of any kind, and that's a lifestyle choice that you've made, that's not conducive with the strategy of dating, right? So it's fine if you do that. It's just not female dating strategy was not the place for it. And so people keep trying to put that on there rather than going to, quote, forever alone or going to Wigtow. I honestly, I'm like looking, we're almost done the episode. I don't even know what they've been talking about. They're talking, I guess I want this article, but what is a fem cell? But have they got any closer to what a fem cell is? Or are they just giving all these different definitions? strategy that have been more appropriate. Well, here are 10 different definitions of a fem that's how the mods ended up raging against the user base that appeared on female dating strategy after wigtow true fem cells and a bunch of other female subreddits got banned i don't think wigtow got did wigtow get banned did it again if it got banned i'm not a wigtow but i would be so mad if they okay no it didn't get banned okay good because i don't think MGTOW is the male one i don't think that one's been banned yet but it's quarantined MGTOW got banned because they were linked to another terrorist attack so MGTOW is definitely banned now but it was it's fairly recent oh right right yeah but the women going their own way are so innocent like they just like post like pictures of their cats and like gardens and like aesthetic pictures of like tea and stuff like that or their car it's like way more chill and overall like you know yeah i agree wigtow probably is way more chill than migtow about men but i say it's like less bad than way 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 less bad than migtow 
Yeah, MGTOW, their users were actually linked to terrorist attacks, meaning like straight up people found the posts that several people made before they committed out terrorist attacks. So that's why Reddit shut them down finally. Okay, so use more airily. The term cell still highlights certain contradictions in contemporary life. There are many people who are experiencing similar, less articulated anxiety about their place in the gender order and about the pressure to locate happiness through sex and romance, which they must find through success in the marketplace. The 21st century was supposed to bring a wider range of options than this, but to many, it doesn't appear to have. There are still winners and losers, Kay argues. She also cites the feminist philosopher Amiya Srinivasan's 2018 essay on incels. Does any have the right to sex? Absolutely the fuck not. And it, Srinivasan wonders how to dwell in the ambivalent place where we acknowledge that no one is obligated to desire anyone else, that no one has a right to be desired, but also that who is desired and who isn't is a political question. I mean, it's partially is. It partially is in the sense of like, yes, there are some things about like attractiveness that can be sort of culturally influenced. And a lot of that has to do with perceptions of wealth, right? That's how like, yeah, the whole BBL thing became big. And then back in the day when women who had more weight were considered more attractive because the wealthy could afford more food. A lot of what we can consider attractive is set by wealthy. So in some respects, it can be politicized in the sense of, yeah, women's aspiration to attractiveness is set by the wealthy. But the thing is, it's like for men- It's more like youthfulness and health. General, there's such a wide, actual diverse amount of things they find sexually attractive that more or less the beauty standards exist as a way to sell women products. (laughs) Because you could be a woman who looks like a supermodel and be working class, and it's not going to put you up on the social hierarchy just because you see another model who is from like, you know, who's like a nepotism baby model, someone like Kendall Jenner or Hailey Bieber. And you could look just like them, but be working class and your life is going to be completely different. So in a lot of ways, like the beauty standard exists just for rich people sell poor women products. Uh, (laughs) But it doesn't change that men, you know, I mean, like there's a lot of men that still like thick women that's still like women who don't look like models who don't look like that, right? First of all, I actually just want to say like, we do get criticism sometimes on FDS where we say like, yeah, even if you're not a supermodel, men will still want to fuck you. And like, I almost feel like, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter if men will want to fuck you. Men will fuck a apple pie. They will fuck a hole in the ground. Okay. Men will stick their dick in anything. They don't care. Right. So just because men will fuck you, I feel like your attractiveness or your value as a person shouldn't really like be based on that. But you know, we've talked about that with the Fem Self Feminism episode. It doesn't have that much as much currency as people try to make it seem like. We keep trying to express that to people that like there's a lot of very beautiful women that get treated like absolute shit in their relationships. Just think of how many celebrities are constantly cheated on or deal with skirts. Some men will be deliberately mentally abusive to attractive women to try to make her have lower self-esteem so that she'll be more available to him, right? In fact, like in the pickup artist community, they say, oh, if she's ugly, you should compliment her. That'll make her feel special. If she's attractive, you should neg her and insult her. That'll take her. Yeah, but that works with everybody. That's not like you're not necessarily being mean. You're just not being like, oh, overtly down or whatever right so every woman gets misogyny but pretty privilege is i feel if you're struggling to lose weight you've probably heard about weight loss medications like wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you meet plush care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey if you qualify they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The cringiest thing ever is if you ever see someone who's bad at negging trying to do it and they're just like mean and you're like, oh God. So actually just female oppression. Like, but like this idea that like, oh, you only deserve to be treated well if you're beautiful or that, you know, attractive women get it better and that that's how it is. It's a sign of female oppression. That's not pretty privilege. 
And you can never be oh. beautiful enough to outrun female oppression. Ask like literally any beautiful, ask Halle Berry, ask any of the Kardashians, right? Like they, all of their husbands have treated them like shit or boyfriends have treated them like shit. That's part of why they still have a show all these years later. So, I mean, Kardashian slash Jenners, the idea that you can like get pretty enough to outrun cultural misogyny is false. And so I think sometimes fem cells overemphasize looks when what they're experiencing is just garden variety misogyny. That would happen even if they were attractive. It just would take maybe a slightly different form. Who is desired and who isn't is a political question. Fem cells dwell in that ambivalent space all the time. Some may risk, as they say, rotting there, but others may emerge having thought more deeply than most about alternative ways of ordering their lives, of finding happiness and dignity on their own terms. Amanda no longer thinks of herself as a fem cell, and she looks back on the time when she did as an experience. She has a boyfriend. She's not a fem cell. Her era of, quote, fem as she calls it. Today, she's sympathetic toward the young women who have adopted the word, even if somewhat insincerely or inaccurately. On the internet, young women see more images of beautiful people every day than they have at any other time in history, she pointed out. A TikTok feed is basically the popular girl in high school times 10 million. It's easy to feel like an outsider. It's also easy to feel like you've been lied to. If traditional beauty standards don't matter, then why are they still celebrated all the time? What are we, stupid? I think for girls, it just feels kind of infantilizing, she said. Like, we're not allowed to think of ourselves as how we really see ourselves. It was illuminating for a time to have a word for that. You know what? I think mostly like this article, other than like the weird political shoehorning that we talked about, I did mostly like this article. I thought it was somewhat fair to, you know, relatively oh. fair to the themselves. And I do think it is important to have these kind of conversations. Yeah, I want to do a part two to this episode where we actually do some cell dating strategies because we didn't really get into the meat of the strategy that we wanted to in this episode. But uh, meaning like, what do you do if you are truly just a femme cell, meaning there's something with you that's so far outside the norm. How do you then navigate the dating space? So I think there's room for discussion on that. And we can talk about the pressures that are against you as a femme cell. But I think this article was really illuminating because I think it's going to actually describe what we were talking about as far as like, first of all, interactions with femme cells, but also give more color to what the movement is and what's happening. And then from there, we can take what's actually happening to these women and then create some applicable strategies, which we'll do in part two, I think, of this episode. So thanks for listening, Queens. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com. Okay, that was episode 64. Five of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. Bit of a snooze fest. Uh, I don't know. We didn't learn anything about fem cells. Or maybe we did. I don't think we did, though. I think they just read an article and then passed that off. I don't know. Did we learn anything? Yeah, someone said go to the gym. That's what I would say, too. And same for guys. Just go to the gym. All right. Episode 66. Uh, I'm going to say this is, might be a, a skip. But again, as always, I will leave it up to the people. Uh, appreciate you all. This episode is episode 66. A long history of Johnny Depp being an absolute scrot. Let's go. Stressful new source. I don't know. You must be really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's boring. It's dry and negative. It's near impossible to. We kept scheduling the unlucky. What's up, Queens? What's up, Queens? Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Savannah. Welcome back, Savannah. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the flesh. Good to be back. Yes. Back in the flesh. Finally. Tell us what happened. So I had an operation at the beginning of May, as you all know, but then unfortunately I was one of the unlucky statistics, like 1% statistics who developed a complication. So that landed me back in hospital for two and a half weeks. I know. We missed you so bad. We kept scheduling episodes that we wanted to do, and then we were hoping you would get better, and then it didn't happen, and we were like, okay, let's just wait, because we want all the juicy stuff to be talked about when you're here. Yeah. I mean, things with the NHS as well is like, 
I mean, at least it's free, unlike some countries. But to get like a question of when you're going to be discharged, it takes like a week in itself. It's almost like the surgeons have a quota of you can ask one question per patient a day. And so it took them like a week to decide when I could be moved to oral antibiotics and be discharged. But yeah, I'm out and alive and thriving. I gotta say, every week uh, we were like, about it, and then we didn't have so me and Ro were just like scrambling, like, shit, what are we gonna record this week? I feel like, I don't know, I, I wanna actually sort of almost apologize to our audience for like not putting out the top tier content that we would have liked. And then you got sick, right? Yeah. yeah, I got sick because again, I went back to. Yeah, where's the fucking top tier content that we've known to love? the top tier like a in real life job and so like probably a third of the people that i work with are now sick so i got sick and i'm still sick actually but i'm just gonna be slightly tired this episode but it's fine so yeah we missed a recording week yeah it is what it is that's life sometimes shit happens <laughs> yeah our bad okay so what's the topic today because savannah's coming back with her guns out so the topic today is the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, but it's going to be from a slightly different angle. So we're not going to go into the ins and outs of either trial. We'll mention them, but because like none of us are lawyers or have the legal knowledge, we're not going to add... I don't want to add to all this fucking misinformation. I don't want to accidentally add. Yeah, I don't want to add to that discourse, but what we will talk... That's honestly... You don't hear like a three-woman podcast talking about Johnny Depp being like, we don't want to add to the conjecture and misinformation. Just- there's enough about is the red flags in Johnny Depp and what the trial and the outcome actually means for women who are victims of domestic violence because I think that is yeah that's really really important to talk about can I just say first of all I stand with Amber Heard I was an Amber Heard stand before it was cool okay like when all of this like shit was going down and everyone was like oh you're defending an abuser blah 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 by defending Amber Heard no I always side with a woman no matter what mm. okay and so i just want to say seems like they were both a bit abusive for all you johnny come latelys who are like supporting amber now that the verdict came through and you know now you feel like it's safe or whatever to defend amber heard or like the bots are a lot less intimidating now i guess you know too little too late to be fair that was like sort of me so i've never really followed celebrity gossip and i've only known johnny depp in pirates of the caribbean i hadn't really i'd watched aquaman but i didn't know who amber heard was so when this trial came about i was very much like Meh. and then as it developed i was then more like okay everyone sucks here but then when i was I guess in hospital sick I read the whole or the judgment of the UK trial and then I was like so you had a lot of free time I guess yeah (laughs) (laughs) I actually read read all 129 pages yeah I read all the pages and so I was one of those people who was like everyone sucks here but then I realized that actually if you are being neutral then you're siding with the oppressor and in the relationship it's clear that Johnny had the power base and again I read the UK judgment in full and it was obvious that Johnny was the abuser 100% yeah, I feel like the Depp crowd was relying on a lot of underhanded tactics by taking clips out of context and just hoping that the low information crowd would just jump on to the narrative, which happened. The shitting in the bed thing didn't do her any favors, that's for sure. Or just straight up lying. They were saying she was doing cocaine on the stand or something like that, just because she like rubbed her nose or something like, oh, she just did cocaine. Like, first of all, I've seen people doing blow, okay? I know that's not what it looks like when people take... That's not oh, what so like. cool. <laughs> like, so it works. So <laughs> secondly, it's actually creepy to me how people will put like a clip like that, put a narrative around it, and then everyone just believes them when it's so obviously false like i actually find it a little bit horrifying the way that social media can be weaponized and leveraged to make you believe a complete falsehood that's wild to me especially again. is that wild to you you really don't understand how that stuff works women because let's be real there's so there's so much evidence out there of debt being a piece of shit like and we'll go into that in the next part of this episode but that just gets completely excused and ignored yeah like why is johnny depp saying he wants to like burn her corpse and rape her dead body and stuff like that why is that seen as like oh just those like why is that not get as much attention as you know amber heard sniffing in a funny way and then everyone being like you know people are so quick to hate 
on women and so quick to defend men's shitty behaviors. I'm really fucking sick of it. That's why I'm an Amber Heard stan. Some of this is information warfare. We talked a little bit about this on FPS. And this is also why, once again, we abandoned Reddit is because there's a lot of men, especially these neats and incels. They have nothing else better to do. What they do is they coordinate on like a Discord or some kind of group where they can launch these massive disinformation campaigns, right? So this is not like a coincidence. It's either being coordinated by Johnny's lawyers. This is like the FDS version of Russian collusion right here. Themselves or by just like pissed off angry men who understand that they can change the discourse and change the narrative by flooding social media, flooding Twitter, flooding TikTok with pro Johnny Depp material, flooding YouTube. And that's why it seemed pretty inescapable for a while. Like I remember I was really actively avoiding the trial. I was like, I don't care about this. And I kept like actually trying to downvote or click uh, do not show me this and again. And I kept still being spammed with Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial information, specifically pro, except for like the women I personally followed, right? But my feed kept coming up with people I don't follow with pro Johnny Depp narrative. So a lot of that is not a coincidence. A lot of that is both, I want to say dark money, because I think uh, Vice Magazine did an expose where they said Daily Wire was actually paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in advertisements to push pro Johnny Depp narratives. You have like dark money coming from these semi-mainstream media companies, as well as just like individual groups of pissed off internet incels, right? So this is where that kind of thing is really tough because it starts to feel like that narrative is everywhere because there's so many of these men who are dedicated to flooding every available social media with one. Get those votes in, get those votes if you want to uh we'll go to 100 votes kind of narrative it's a type of information warfare it's very difficult for us to compete with unless we had a similarly armed wing of female incels or female needs that would just be willing to just flood social media with pro amber heard narratives and there are female incels and they're female needs but they're not the sort of person who would go out there to counteract them they're the sort of people who would like the female needs they hate hot women too so they're the ones who are also going after amber heard but this is the thing i'm like if you ever had enough money and became popular as female dating strategy to have enough money to actually start to spend money to correct the disinformation that's coming from the manosphere and do a, a counter strike in information campaign then I feel you're doing it right now like that would be a good use of our time strike away part of the most disappointing thing was how many women bought into the narrative based on small clips right and they're like johnny depp would never do this to her and then like jumping in all of the little idiosyncrasies about amber heard they didn't like that's everyone with everything what you just said to justify why she was lying why they thought she was lying or that she deserved whatever treatment she got from johnny depp which was pretty ridiculous women are losing the information war right now in a bad way and there's no clearer case of that than this johnny amber shout out to the boys big dub trial sorry to interrupt you ladies but i actually like i know that after the trial verdict came in you know we started seeing more pro amber heard but the bots are still going right now currently on twitter as of this recording right now it says one of the top trending hashtags is amber heard is an abuser and it's just like a bunch of out of context clips and out of context texts like where she's being slightly annoying and then being like she's an abuser like it's actually frightening it's honestly frightening yeah i'm laughing because of how uncomfortable it is yeah it's just this oh gosh well, it's scary because it, you realize how quickly just the men online, the Darrens, as we might call them, can completely manipulate the, the narrative Darrens. in such a short amount of time. And there's like a large amount of women who will never question it. And that's been sort of disappointing. And I know even all of the feminist websites I frequent. It's funny because a lot of them have said, man, sometimes I don't know why I'm fighting for women. I like, mean, watching how quickly- Johnny Depp is just like a famous dude. He has all his, you know people who like him. They just turn on Amber Heard over like very little pieces of evidence. But of course, you know, we do it for them even against their will. I mean, I fight for women because I am a woman. It's coming from a place of self-interest, right? Like I benefit from a world where women are, you know, protected from. Shout out to all the women use right so i'm not afraid to admit that i'm doing it for self-interest and not out of the goodness of my heart i don't understand being that self-hating or self-destructive or like <laughs> i don't know maybe they don't see it as self-destructive maybe it's because under patriarchy you know women get crumbs of attention and positive you know reinforcement for men for betraying other women that's probably it that's it they're buying into the narrative that like oh because of women like amber then the rest of us won't be believed because of domestic violence like since when has men launching false accusations and being, being proven to be liars ever discredited men as a group this doesn't happen you know no woman wants to think that her precious like husband's son 
or, you know, men that she likes could be a rapist. No woman wants to admit that, right? And a lot of women have been idolizing Johnny Depp, you know, for decades now and having like celebrity crushes on him. It's a very uncomfortable thought. And this is why I want to talk about this when we do our episode of Anatomy of a Scandal. You know, we're going to do soon now that Savannah's back. But like, I feel like that show does a really good job showing what it's like and how uncomfortable it is when, you know, a male celebrity that everyone likes and admires is found to be or is accused of like sexual assault. And, and just to tie off those points as well, it's important to remember as women. And somebody made a really, really good point on Twitter. Forgive me, I can't remember their name. But they said that a woman Twitter. you disagree with or dislike in every single way is a lot less likely to harm you than a man on your side or a man that you know and love. And that is why I continue to fight for feminism because she's honestly, that is, you know, that's basically nail and head. You are statistically less likely to be harmed by Amber Heard, even if you absolutely hate her, than Johnny Depp. Exactly. And I had a thread recently where I talked about some problem employees I that I've had. Statistically... No one like the women that I've had problems equal to not and i mean those specific but i understand what comes with i saw that <laughs> sorry it made me giggle <laughs> i was just like lilith is poor lilith, lilith! So many L's trying, lilith! To help <laughs> trying to help these down on their luck people and they just end up going psycho on me right <laughs> i know right i mean i ended up coming out on top in most of these scenarios right but when a man is being like kind of fucked up he'll like stalk me for months or like you know sexually harass me or you know threaten to like kill me or rape me or something like that right like these are like men that are hostile to me the women that are hostile to me like oh they'll talk shit about me behind my back oh they'll like you know try to have a smear campaign which is like shitty and annoying and it can impact my career and stuff like that but it's not like a threat to my physical safety the same way that men are right that by the way was just like a highlight reel or a low light reel i guess of like all of like the worst people i've ever dealt with in my entire like 10 years that i've had a job so this isn't like a regular thing this is a once in a while you meet a crazy person that goes psycho like it is what it is and definitely go check out the threat even for a slight morbid evening entertainment at lilith's expense i'm sorry lilith it just made, <laughs> just made me giggle this <laughs> nice person taking multiple <laughs> I don't know some women just i think again it's the high school trauma thing where like you know women get triggered by women like amber heard or women are more successful than them or women have more power than them it's just this crabs in the bucket kind women of mentality. stop so, turning your back on women feeling triggered by the amber heard thing because signed women i kind of maybe low-key identify with her a lot okay so just to give some you know broader context because i think if you take this trial in isolation it's easy to fall into the misinformation campaign and believe that amber heard is bullshitting she's a liar and all hate misinformation that but actually johnny depp's uh, violent streak and bad behavior actually goes back to the very very start of his career so he even said he's been addicted to substance misuse and, and alcohol since he was very very young since he was 11 yeah since he was 11 so i think he had quite a rough childhood and the thing is, that alone doesn't necessarily make somebody abusive but when they're under the influence or when they feel that somebody is coming Good for him, by the way, that he's accomplished so much being addicted to drugs since he was 11. Between them and their addiction, they can become very nasty extremely quickly. Oh, yeah. I'm very familiar with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I work with addicts in the homeless hostel and it's the same story. Like the number of times myself and my colleagues, you know, they've threatened to stab us, shoot us, beat us up. They've attempted to destroy our property all because we challenged them and said no. Like they can be extremely violent people. I've had relatives who literally robbed us like when we were kids. Like when I was a kid, I had a relative literally show up to our house with a sob story being like, oh, you know, I'm homeless. Help me. You know, yada, yada. We let her stay at our place. And like we wake up the next morning, all our TVs were gone. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's not going to stop me from helping people, by the way. Like, all of these people taking advantage of my generosity, maybe 10% of the time when I help someone, it ends badly like that. But most of the time, it ends well, so I'm, it's not going to stop me. <laughs> Anyways, it is what it is. <laughs> I get annoyed by addicts, is my point. And another aspect. Addicts are not annoying. They're sick people. Pulls over. We're listening to the show. We're going the distance, people. ...of addiction is that they often don't take accountability for anything. And if we go through, as we will shortly, through uh, Johnny Depp's career, is that you have a man who from really, very, yeah. very young achieved phenomenal uh, global success. I think it was in 21 Jump Street. And ever since then, he's basically been surrounded by enablers and by yes men and by people who won't say no to him. That was actually quite 
almost like a pathetic article that the Rolling Stone did in 2018, which we'll link in the show notes. And it was actually meant to clear Donnie's name, but it had the opposite effect because it was so fucking pathetic. And the author, it was basically an overview of uh, Depp's uh, financial issue. So he had a $650 million fortune that was basically all squandered and he was suing his financial managers for mismanagement. They basically countersued him for being a spoiled brat and spending beyond his means and defaming them and just being a piece of shit. So he's been tied up in litigations for a very, very long time. In one of the lines that basically said that Depp had no friends because everybody around him was basically on his payroll. His family were on his payroll. (laughs) And I mean, we laugh, but it was, I felt briefly quite sorry for him because he just didn't have people telling him no. And in the UK trial, Judge Andrew Nichol noticed this as well. Like when he was receiving the testimonies from Depp's witnesses, he noted when a witness was on Depp's payroll and he even said that their first loyalty was to Johnny Depp. I remember seeing something on Twitter where I think one of his team told him that he needed to go back to filming for Pirates of the Caribbean. And Depp basically said, how fucking dare you question? You know, I'm never going to forget that you're not loyal to me all because he told him to go back to work or asked him if could he go back to work. And so I'm just going to go through a brief synopsis of the highlights of Johnny Depp's uh, rap sheet because people say Amber Heard has a history of domestic violence. First of all, can I say actually, no, she doesn't. Okay. Her ex-girlfriend has come out and vouched for her multiple times saying that the whole quote unquote domestic violence arrest was like based on homophobia or lesbophobia. Like Amber Heard is bisexual. I don't know about that. She got arrested for, I mean, again, you would not give any a guy the benefit of the doubt there oh, by the way. All. So yeah, she had an ex-girlfriend. They got into an altercation at the airport. Apparently she was arrested, but her girlfriend at the time has come out multiple times since then and said like she wasn't an abuser like this was a normal relationship and to add to that as well but like Johnny Depp has been or has shown a violent streak since before Amber Heard was born or around the time she was born so in 1989 he was arrested for assaulting a security guard after the guard asked him and his friends to leave the premises at the time Depp was drunk and the charges were dropped after Depp told the judge that he would behave in 1994 he was arrested for trashing a hotel room in an argument with Kate Moss the police actually went out and they saw Kate Moss surrounded by the wreckage and he paid almost $10,000 in damages so you have to basically a thousand quid be like the incredible Hulk to do $10,000 worth of damage to a hotel room. And Winona Ryder, firstly, their relationship started when she was 17 and he was 25. I don't believe for a second they only started getting physical after she turned 18 because these men are fucking perverts. And secondly, she said something quite telling in that she said she didn't name Johnny Depp and I'm surprised he hasn't sued her as well, technically. But she said her first boyfriend used to smash things and her first boyfriend was Johnny Depp. And, you know, let's not forget, Johnny is back in court next month for allegedly hitting and punching a crew member. Johnny also believes that Amber Heard's op-ed, which didn't name him caused the downfall of his career but there is plenty of evidence that suggests that Johnny's career was in a decline anyway partly because of his behaviour on set so he was showing up drunk he was arguing with crew members he was constantly spending beyond his means so he would spend at least $30,000 a month on wine and he even said like it's offensive for you to say I spent that much because it was a lot more he fucking paid $5 million to shoot his friend's ashes into the sky like this was a guy who was reckless with money so we get to his relationship with Amber Heard yeah that friend was Hunter S. Thompson though that's so cool Cool. I didn't know it cost five. Why would it cost five million dollars? Unless they didn't shoot it into space. I feel like you could shoot ashes into space for five million. So they initially met in 2009 when in the Rum Diary and she was 23 and he was 46. So that alone is a massive age gap. He's literally double her age. Yeah, I don't understand all these people that make it seem like the younger partner, especially the much younger partner, is the person who is predatory. I'm like, he's got all his mental faculties in order, except for maybe his drug addiction. And the thing is, all of his girlfriends have been substantially younger than him. So him and Kate Moss had about a 10 year age gap. Him and Vanessa Paradis also had a 10 year age gap. Him and Winona Ryder, he dated when she was 17, I think. When she was young so this is a pattern of behavior it's not and he's clearly one of those men like john cena as they get older their girlfriends get younger 
So he's like, he clearly, he seeks out much younger women. He likes that power dynamic, basically. Which we know is an indicator of, yeah, someone who likes control and likely abuse. <laughs> yeah, and likely abuse. And if we look at their statuses, Amber Heard was just, you know, starting out. She was a relatively unknown actress, but Johnny Depp had a number of, you know, movies behind him. He had a lot of money. He had, you know, houses, estates. So the power base clearly lies with him in this situation. And again, he was surrounded by people on his payroll. And again, you know, Judge Andrew Nichol even said that the people who were supposed to be protecting Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, their only loyalty was to Depp. Like Amber Heard was basically on her own. Yeah. Judge Nichols a boss, by the way. Like, I sort of feel really bad that he's just being slandered and defamed because the UK can still call him a wife beater. But he just seems like... Well, did he beat his wife? He understands DV. So he made allowances sometimes when Amber was inconsistent or when she didn't have evidence because he said that is a common feature of domestic violence. I thought they were talking about the judges, though. It happens behind closed doors. So shout out to Judge Andrew Nichol. I hope you're enjoying your retirement and ignoring the jobless debt fans. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, those unwashed pygmies <laughs> that decided to roll themselves out of bed and like waddle down to this courthouse. I mean, so Andrew Nichol went to Harvard and Oxford law schools. I would feel so insulted if some 19 year old on TikTok was trying to explain the law to me, somebody who'd practiced law for decades until I retired. I'd just be like, who the fuck do you think you are? The audacity of Gen Z kids. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck do you think you are? I wish it was just Gen Z kids. It was a lot of like Gen X. But yeah, women who have been in love with Johnny Depp for a long time who refuses the reality of who he is. Just fully crazy deep internalized misogyny and so they get together a couple of years later after i'm not sure what year it was either 2012 or 2013 and what's interesting is that amber heard makes the claim that johnny was very paranoid and jealous and i actually came yeah across it sounds like he was on coke a an article from marie claire which was in 2014 so about a year or so into their relationship and it's basically saying how is it just us or has amber heard's i mean the way she dresses has it changed since dating johnny depp and they were basically noticing that she went from wearing like couture gowns that showed her shoulders and her back and her and her lovely figure to basically wearing t-shirts and long skirts and that was quite telling because that was one of the things that amber alleged that johnny would do he would control her wardrobe he would get very jealous of both her male and female friends he destroyed her wardrobe he would accuse her of cheating even though he was cheating on her throughout the relationship so there was a lot of gaslighting and davo as well yeah and i've read why does he do that okay gaslighting I, and what i know that men sometimes when they destroy property it's because they actually want to beat the shit out of you and it's like a way of being like oh you know if you're not careful like you might be next kind of thing right and it's like a yeah. It's intimidation. Punishing thing. It's like these abusive men, like they don't go and trash their own shit, right? They always trash the woman's shit. And it's usually her or, you know, his staff or whatever who has to clean it up, right? So again, like men destroying property is a form of abuse. Like that's just an objective fact. Yeah. And it shows a violent streak. So I was quite surprised to see so many people explaining it. Even when one of Johnny's, I think she was his ex friends with benefits in the 90s, she said that he threw a wine bottle in an argument. And you saw like women saying, who doesn't throw things when they're angry? I was like, I don't throw things when I'm angry, especially not a wine bottle. Sometimes, okay if i'm like having computer problems i'll definitely have a moment where i'm like i want to throw my computer out the window but i don't because that would be expensive and it's called having self-control yeah but imagine you have as much money as johnny depp and you go oh i want to throw this computer out the window and then you're like yeah literally insignificant sum of money right but you don't then go and throw your a bottle at your boyfriend or somebody else and it seemed like whenever he got any bad news or whenever he was just feeling shit or whenever he went on a bender he would just take out on amber which is classic abusive behavior and then we see the text that he was sending to his friends at the time or members of his staff at the time saying that he wanted to rape and fuck her corpse which is an interesting one because Depp fans often say that he sent that text um after experiencing years of abuse when actually he sent it quite early on in their relationship and you 
know, by Depp's own testimony, around the time he sent it, the relationship was perfect. And what I think he meant was that he was abusing her and she wasn't fighting back. And that's what abusers want. They want to be able to abuse you at will. And then they start getting angry or saying that you're ruining the relationship when you start standing up for yourself, which seems to be like what Amber Heard did. So I don't know, maybe she thought of FDS before. Uh, I think a lot of these things you could be like, he was just joking about something instead of context. Because she I don't would call him like know. <laughs> She would call him limp dick and say he's like fat old man. And because I think that's the alcohol, like his face is like a puffer fish. And I think it's because of all the alcohol that he drinks. Yeah. Drinking too much will make your dick not work. Duh. Like, so that's why I stand her. <laughs> Whiskey dick. Oh, I also just want to say for the record, I'm aware of some of these couples where like the man will marry a woman half his age and he'll abuse her when he's still sort of in his prime in his 40s and 50s. Guys, don't abuse women. These couples like. Women don't abuse men. Like, as the woman gets older and she's in her 30s, which is like when women are generally, this, women tend to have their, you know, physical strength, at least, you know, late 20s and 30s, at least for women who like work out, you know. And so these women, they'll be in their late 20s and 30s. They're in their prime and he's now a decrepit old man. And like, I just want to say for the record, like, actually, do I want to say this? Actually, Johnny I support, Depp. like, ladies, if you're married a man twice your age and he abused you when he was in his prime and now he's a decrepit old man, I just want to say it's okay to even score, in my opinion. That's just me. But Agreed. <laughs> I agree on that. You can go kick the shit out if, of him. If it's safe, like, don't put your safety at because I feel like Amber Heard, I think on some occasions she was quite lucky to escape with the bruises and the damage that she did because it seemed it got horrifically violent. I just want to say, I don't feel bad for these decrepit old men who get their ass beat by their much younger wife. You know, some of these guys will be like, you know, literally reliant on their wife half their age as like a nurse, you know, as like a caregiver. Like he'll be verbally abusing her, denigrating her, calling her a fat cow, whatever, like saying horrible things to her when she's like literally spoon feeding him. And then some of these women, they just snap. And I'm just saying like, that's what you get if you marry a woman half your age and abuse her. That's like cause and effect. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it seemed like their relationship had all the hallmarks of abuse. You had emotional abuse. You had verbal abuse. He would, you know, he would call her fat. He would put her down. Um, You had physical abuse where in the UK trial, actually, he was caught out in a big, big lie in that he said the headbutt incident that I never touched her and nothing happened. And then the UK trial played back audio that he didn't know had been recorded you know where he says i gave you a headbutt it doesn't break a fucking nose so then he revised his story to then say i did headbutt her but it was an accident how do you accidentally headbutt a person i don't and even if it was an accident like one thing i rate amber heard is that she never said that she didn't hit him back she owned up and she even said i was nasty i would call him names i hit him back even if it was an accident when you just say i accidentally headbutt her as opposed to saying i never touched her if it was really an accident that's how you know he was the abuser because honestly to be fair my niece she headbutts all of us all the time on accident because she just moved her head in like weird directions head by me my dad everyone especially if you're under the influence being a child is like being under the influence though right <laughs> so like to head by someone you have to be smaller than them right like i don't know how you put your head low enough and run full speed at someone without that being intentional unless you're a child because children their heads are too big and too heavy for the rest of their body <laughs> so they don't have a choice and they're just running around like that naturally but a fully grown adult man who can support his head has the body strength and the coordination to support his head and stand upright oh, is not accidentally headbutting people I'm not sure. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just giving the extreme benefit of the doubt, but say he was massively under the influence and 59. she tried to move him and he moved his head in a weird position. I mean, that has happened to me before when I've tried to move like residents who were, you know, high or drunk and couldn't move. But if that was the case, you would say it was an accident and explain the context, but he outright denied it until he was caught in the lie. And then over time, it seems like after the UK trial, it went from him denying he abused her to him saying that Amber was the abuser. You know, classic Darvo. Darvo! That's like straight up. I don't know what fucking Darvo means. A new one. Play, but yeah, Darvo and the incels spelled Fetima narrative, right? Because all he had to do was go on social media and all the incels had gathered all the like the quote receipts that they could and try to create a narrative in which he's the victim, right? So the work was already done on that front. They uh, I'm okay, so Darvo 
I'm looking uh deny attack reverse victim and offender. I think that's what that means. It's an acronym. Okay. Thanks to the internet manosphere. And I had a tweet actually that was like <laughs> Johnny Depp claimed to be a victim of domestic violence so that he can sue his ex-wife. Has the same energy as those people who do like insurance scams where they like jump in front of a car. I'd be like, oh, I'm so hurt. And you're like, oh, I have a dash cam. And they're like, oh shit. And then run away. <laughs> same energy. And so that's where same we're energy. currently at. So it was Depp's idea to sue Amber Heard for an op-ed, which we'll link in the show notes, where she talks about her experience of domestic violence and she doesn't actually name him. So he decides to sue her and his team pushes it for it to be in Virginia and to have a jury trial. You know, this coupled with a where he said that he wants to globally humiliate her like for me that was a wrap and you know when they were doing recent articles saying that for him it was never about the money I was like well that was honest because he even said it was never about money it was about like globally humiliating her and I think he's pissed that she left him that's ultimately what it was about he was you know pissed and then you know she moved on to Elon Musk she dumped him because she was still in love with Johnny and people still call her a gold digger like Elon Musk wanted to marry her like she went from Johnny Depp to the richest man in the world and she still left him and she's still a gold digger you know I think she's a queen because she ended up having she left a Elon baby I guess oh, like I don't know her. if she got a sperm donor or what but she see I guess she had a baby I don't think it's Johnny's I don't think it's Elon Musk's right but it's like she basically decided to do the single mom by choice kind of thing and I actually I think that's a queen move like a lot of women are starting to do that because unfortunately like when you have a child with a man you know sometimes yeah it can work out great if he's like a really active father and you know you can be a happy family that's awesome a lot of the times though the guy ends up being a deadbeat or he doesn't you know take after his kids Ooh. A lot of the time, guys do not turn out to be deadbeats. Not a lot of the or time. Or if there's a split, like, they can use the family courts to further abuse you. And this is what happens to a lot of women. And this is what happens to a lot of women. Like, women, especially in the UK, I don't think they can get legal aid. So if their abuser is fighting for custody, women have to meet that at their own expense. And their ex knows this, so they just go to court, not because they give a shit about the kids, but because they want to bankruptly. There was a woman who spent almost $50,000 on legal fees, basically battling her ex in court. And even in the UK trial, which, again, I'll link the judgment, because I don't have much faith in the English justice system generally but honestly reading Nichols judgment and the two other judges who basically told Depp to fuck off it really made me patriotic and I was like oh my gosh like we had a judge who understands DV and they even said that basically Depp is abusing the court system by bringing this case here and I just want to park and talk briefly about the UK libel case so Depp basically sued NGN and The Sun and Dan Wooten who is an author a right-wing commentator for calling him a white in an article and the UK is one of basically libel tourism like a lot of celebrities will basically sue in the UK because it's basically a slam dunk for the claimant like it's easy to win and you can win libel claims in the UK easier some newspaper yeah, is happens. a piece of shit rag you know to give some further context about 30 years ago there was a there was a crush at a football match in basically Hillsborough and a lot of people died a lot of people were this episode is brought to you by Snapple Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you severely injured and what the son did was they basically I think it was a few days after the event they basically blamed the victim said that it was all their fault which it wasn't that they were pissing on the policeman trying to help them and ever since then the son has been referred to as a rag like it's not sold in Liverpool for that reason people don't really take it seriously so basically saying if you lose a defamation suit against the fucking son like you did it like it's just like the son should have been like a slam dunk for you know for Johnny Depp but it wasn't because you know they basically alleged that Johnny had abused Amber on 14 separate occasions and Judge Nichol 
ruled that 12 of those allegations were substantially true. I mean, I briefly wanted to go into law, but then when someone told me I'd have to defend, I was like, I can't defend a piece of shit. If I had a rapist, I'd be collaborating with his lawyer saying, how are we going to get him sent down for the maximum term? And so in a civil trial, you have what's known as the balance of probability. So you think- Sounds like she watches a lot of legal shows though. You huh? need to believe like it was, you know, 51% more likely to have happened than not. And it's different to criminal trials where you have to prove it beyond any reasonable doubt. And that's the reason why OJ was acquitted. So in a balance of probabilities, the evidential standards, but basically the quality of evidence is a lot lower. And this was also why OJ was acquitted in the criminal trial. Not much longer, people. Thank you for sticking sticking in with me. If you want to support the show, you can. Low value mail on Patreon and locals. But he was found liable in the civil trial. Yeah, because with the beyond a reasonable doubt, all you have to do is create a doubt. Introduce reasonable doubt. And that's what his defense team did. They just basically, you know, the lead detective in the OJ trial was found out to be a racist. And they basically, you know, pushed a narrative that he was stitched up and off he got. So in the UK trial, what was interesting was that Judge Nickel actually went by a previous legal precedent that said, if somebody is making an allegation in a defamation trial that constitutes criminal activity, then you need stronger evidence. And what the son was essentially accusing Johnny of doing, so battery, you know, property destruction, these are all criminal offenses. Uh, so what Judge Nickel actually did was that he said the son had to provide stronger evidence to substantiate their claim, essentially making it even harder for the son to win their case. This is the worst podcast that's ever existed. And Depp still lost. Not mine. But maybe mine. Yeah. So maybe, he's definitely maybe. the abuser. And also, like, we can still legally say in the UK that Johnny Depp's a wife beater. So unfortunately, the US wife maybe not, but we still can. I don't know how it is in Canada, but maybe he'll sue FDS province in Canada where trials can be televised to, to like force me to dox myself or some shit like that. <laughs> it's like little delusions of grandeur or something. What what are you even talking about, Lola? We could just register the country yeah. in like Bermuda or like Monaco. <laughs> 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 So yeah, so basically, I mean, what I wanted to show with that segment is that even that you don't need a trial, a defamation suite or two trials or multiple trials, you know, to be able to recognize a pattern of abusive behavior. Like at FDS, we don't put the men that we're dating or the men that we've said who, you know, abused us on trial before we say they're abusive. Like Johnny Depp clearly has an abusive entitled streak. It's clear as day to anybody. And this is why I didn't really want to get into the nitty gritty of the trials, because ultimately it doesn't matter. Firstly, the defamation tri- or the trial in Virginia was not about abuse. It was about defamation. And something doesn't have to be false before it's defamatory and this is why you know the verdict it could potentially have you know quite devastating impacts for you know for male and female victims which is why when people say this was a win for male abusers it's just like but you've set a legal precedent where they can be sued if they speak about their abuse okay we get it yeah that's actually been the most surprising thing is seeing women come out and be like as a victim of domestic violence i believe donnie depp i'm like how again i had a tweet that was like yeah just because you're a victim of domestic violence doesn't mean that you're an expert on domestic violence a lot of survivors of domestic abuse have you know, the internalized victim blaming myths. Like, you know, it's really actually unfortunate. A lot of women who have been abused, unfortunately, they do blame themselves. Like they internalize the myth that, you know, she was asking for it or I was asking for it and so on, right? So we already know that. So I think that, you know, just because you've been subjected to domestic violence doesn't mean that you are approaching this with like an unbiased or clear objectivity and just because you have lived experience of something that doesn't mean that you'd like to deny somebody else's lived experience and I've personally stayed away from the whole as a victim of DV because you know like Lila said it doesn't make you an expert and the context is very very different I mean most of us are not married to a beloved Hollywood actor who is worth hundreds of millions of pounds and you know who basically hired a nurse to sedate you just to keep you under control most of us were not in that sort of context or scenario it's completely different 
different. And I just think it's emotional manipulation when women, you know, try to use that. And so women are bad, men are bad, everybody's bad. You know, well, I was also a victim of DV and I believe Amber. So we're at a deadlock here. So I <laughs> said, so what do we do now? A lot of women were saying like, oh, you know, the way that Amber Heard speaks like reminds me of my narcissistic mother and so on. And so again, like kind of circling it back to what we were saying at the beginning. Probably somewhere to like, you know, realistically uh, where they were both like guilty of this of the conversation like i feel like maybe you want to be like who's more guilty a lot of women the interactions that we have with women are like a lot of the times based on trauma responses unfortunately you know and i've struggled with this too actually like my mom was narcissistic and abusive and i'm not really sure why i turned out to be pro women though like you know even though my mom was abusive and narcissistic you know and my dad was like the fun parent we all knew my dad was abusing my mom right and so that sort of complicated things as well right so yeah i'm not really sure why some of these women like they you know i had a narcissistic mother and amber reminds me of my mother but i don't get that amber doesn't trigger me the way that my mom triggers me in fact like the women who are standing johnny depp they actually trigger me more as like they're more similar to my mother in my view than they are to amber in my mind anyways and i think it's the desire again i think part of it is also sexism and also because of amber's looks as well like people want to buy into the trope that the beautiful girl um, amber's very intelligent accomplished she speaks multiple language and that she's an absolute bitch like they really really want to believe that archetype about her and you know i mean she's in the bed i don't know her personally but from what she's done publicly like in her divorce settlement she took substantially less than she was entitled to even her lawyer was like i think they made her sign something because she was entitled to like 30 five million dollars and she took seven and pledged all of it to charity and even her lawyers were like what the fuck are you doing so they made her sign something basically saying i know what money i'm mean, basically i'm turning down all of this money and i know what i'm doing i'm of sound mind because even her lawyers were like you can get so much more and she chose not to she chose to take that's interesting i didn't substantially know that less than, i mean so even if you know she was a gold digger why would she take substantially less than she was entitled to so actually here's another thing i feel like a lot of women are so desperate to prove that they're not a gold digger this is like the celebrity equivalent of like oh i'm gonna pay for my own date so that to prove that i'm not a gold digger kind of thing girl there's nothing wrong with being a gold digger Save that fucking gold, okay like stop apologizing. like the whole like gold digger archetype i feel is just like a sexist stereotype to try to like discourage women from seeking out money from getting what they're and also forgetting what they're entitled to like nobody's saying to johnny depp you know you should only take a dollar because if you're awarded damages like you can take a symbolic amount so when Meghan Markle sued the Daily Mail uh, she was given a pound because you can't give zero and an apology but nobody's telling them to do that they're all just saying yeah take up yeah bankrupt her yeah when Taylor Swift won like I think it was like a sexual harassment lawsuit she only sued for a dollar because again it was about the symbolic victory right why the fuck is it that women are expected to take these like one dollar symbolic victories to prove they're not about the money meanwhile like Johnny Depp is the one being the gold digger here he's the one suing his ex-wife for millions of dollars for like mean comments and shit I also think it's bad to not take the money because if you have the money you can reinvest it into initiatives to make sure the crime that happened against you didn't happen again so take the money <laughs> i think that's what Amber if you're listening right now take the money i tried to do but she took substantially less and then ultimately she was hit with lawsuits which meant that she couldn't invest the money yeah like, i wish she'd taken the money so she could win this lawsuit and even if she did take all the money like the thing is again i work in the charity or I have experience in the charity sector is charity. if it's a large donation it's often spread out over several years anyway because that's how they do their funding like they don't donate or they don't like give 10 million dollars in one go they give it over several years i think amber misspoke on the stand when she said i donated the money what she meant was i pledged the money but even still like people took that and ran with it as evidence that she's a pathological liar when she just misspoke and again that's what i'm um, like king nickel said in his uk trial that she just misspoke yeah and so again like they're all dunking on her for not donating her divorce settlement but where are all these people clamoring for johnny depp to 
donate his damages. And also, Johnny Depp said he'd buy, like, when he got roasted for appropriating Native American culture, he said he would, like, buy, like, land at Wounded Knee. He said he was partially, and he's still in those ads for Savage. Ten years ago, the land has still not been bought. So if anybody's not following through on promises, it's him. Yeah, but again, like, this is the frustrating thing about the trial for me, is that it shows that there's double standards between men and women. Like, men can do terrible things and lie and total fucking assholes, and there will always be people, even women, who are going to be ride-or-die fans, will make excuses for him, and if a woman does, you know, relatively minor stuff, like, it is women who are the problem. You're right, Lilith. For women, it's like every minor mistake, every like gesture, every like, you know, glance to one side, your hair, your clothes, your makeup, everything is going to be scrutinized to and twisted and taken out of context and so on. Like, it's actually very frustrating to like go through life as a woman knowing that that's going to be weaponized against you all the time. Part of it is because men are very oh. adept at jumping ahead of the narrative. I hate how like feminism in some respects or like women who are women's advocates, they're always afraid to take the high ground position or they wait until these guys have made so much damage and then try to pick through the wreckage rather than launching an offense. You need to launch a fucking offense. And I think FDS has been popular because we started launching an offense, right? We're pushing a narrative that's pro-female, right? The biggest problem is that so many of these, I don't know if they're just hesitant to support women or if they just don't have, I don't know what it is. We're getting there, people. Every fucking time I had a tweet that was in support of Amber Heard, there were like thousands of people in my DMs and in my mentions and so on being like, oh, I hope you get raped. I hope you die. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing. I have the thickest motherfucking skin after being an FDS mod, so that doesn't bother me. I'm an FDS. (laughs) That would be the best uh, ironic t-shirt right there. Like, I have the thickest skin because I'm an FDS mod. Maybe we'll get that on a mod. For like normie women, you know, normal women who've maybe never been subjected to this kind of hate campaign. I'm somewhat protected actually because I'm anonymous, right? So for women who have their real name and their real face, you know, people can go after, you know, call your employer. You know, there's women who support Amber Heard <laughs> face so much harassment. It is intimidating. So I kind of don't really blame women who are hesitant about that. And it wasn't even women as well. I feel like that's why they always win. Like you said, I understand why they don't do it because it can be scary. And obviously we're anonymous to protect ourselves. But like because there's not a lot of women who are willing to actually take the offense then men are always gaining ground and then women are always constantly trailing behind them trying to pick up the wreckage and like change the narrative after the fact. I'm like, it's too late. And that's essentially what happened here with Amber Heard is that she hadn't publicly accused Johnny of anything until he started leveling lawsuits against her. And obviously when he lost in the UK, I think I'm just speculating here, but maybe Amber thought it's over. But clearly he went back to the US, did his research, changed the narrative so that she was the main aggressor and then launched with that. And then she was then on the back foot. But so like just- she can't have that much money where like he's getting money from her. Like it has to be really about either revenge or to clear trial wasn't even about if he abused her i know it was about defamation but you know she then had to like rose said pick up the wreckage of him claiming that she was the primary aggressor and that was the angle that his defense team ran with and amber just couldn't keep up with right the name is fueled by internet insults and that's why i think it's so important to have a voice out there that constantly launching offenses against men (laughs) and if and god willing if we get the funding that'll be us all day every day But because of stuff like this, where if you're not constantly on an offense, then you're going to lose ground to the massive amounts of losers on the internet who have nothing better to do but to dissect this trial and find the most pro-male narrative possible and then flood all of your social media feeds with it. And this is also why, like, going back to some contemporary info, this is why, like, you know, pulling the subreddit, you know, launching the podcast, we don't announce it in advance because that then gives men time to shift the narrative in their favor. Like, even when we went ghost on the subreddit, they tried it, but because there wasn't, they didn't have any material to work with, we just went ghost, they couldn't really get 
anywhere with that narrative. And this is why, in a way, I guess, what? you know, being a ruthless strategist, like, it's also about ruthless launching your strategist. offense, but also not giving your cards away at the same time as well. Oh, yeah. Basically, a lot of things about this trial piss me off. But the thing that pisses me off the most is the fact that, you know, until this trial, women already lived in fear that if I name my abuser, he's going to come after me, he's going to destroy me, he's going to attack me, he's going to sue me for defamation. By the way, like, it's really hard often for women to win a defamation lawsuit against their abuser because abuse, sexual assault, and so on happens behind closed doors. It's really hard to have evidence of that. That's why a lot of women are afraid of coming forward or reporting rapists. And this is the thing as well. People think that just because uh, Johnny Depp won the case, that means Amber's allegations were not true. And that is not the case. I mean, something doesn't have to be false before it's defamatory. Really? Oh, I thought like the, it wasn't defamation if it's true. Or was that libel? No. I mean, if you think about it this way, let's say I sued you for slapping me, right? And I couldn't prove that you slapped me and the court ruled in your favour. That doesn't mean you never slapped me. I just couldn't prove it. Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't actually mean that it's false. And when I explain it to some false. people, they're then like, oh shit, yeah. So essentially women who often don't don't have and here's the thing as well it's also should scare all women because amber heard had way more evidence way more you know corroboration she had a lot more money than most oh. victims have like her we're almost there a few more minutes evidence. a lot of victims don't even have, we'll bring jj on at have point. a fraction like some of the most celebrated um cases of me too they don't have any evidence actually i'll try and get jj uh, this sunday but we accept them as facts but she had everything and even contextually she also had johnny depp's violent streak that went back to the 80s she had that in her favor and she still lost you know so what chance does a normal woman who doesn't have all that all that witness cooperation you know what chances she stand realistically exactly marilyn manson is now suing evan rachel wood i think it was actually you know what no i forgot we have uh che Dorena joining us next next sunday che Dorena will be joining us live in studio brad pitt is he gonna sue angeline julie also brad pitt yeah he's basically suing her you know for defaming him he's basically using the court system to continue to harass and abuse her basically and also there is a case in the uk an actor from kid adulthood uh, noel clark who was accused by 20 women of sexual misconduct and then like turned around to be the victim saying all these accusations make me want to unalive myself poor me he's now suing the baftas which is the british award which is the british awarding academy for defamation for kicking him out after the allegation so it's not even victims they're going after uh. they're going after anyone they can and they're getting this all from the johnny depp playbook so marilyn manson is also pushing for a jury trial it's just setting such a dangerous precedent and i don't know even if you hate amber heard which i don't even understand why even if you did like you cannot think that this is a positive outcome for anyone yeah exactly here's the thing even if you don't like amber heard you think she's kind of a bitch even if you think she's lying about the whole thing like it's not a good outcome this case is terrible for women right so there's so many of these feminists on twitter that are saying for the record actually like my twitter feed was actually mostly pro amber heard because i'm mostly following like you know more rad fem twitter accounts and Who stuff so thought? most of my feed was actually pro amber heard but every now and then you know i'd see a tweet or a quote or something like that of a woman being like you know as a feminist you know men can be abused too and that's why i support johnny depp it's like how can you call yourself a feminist and this man is a tough one truly said like he wanted to rape his ex-wife i'm literally like looking at the clock like i uh, a fucking shitty job dead body you wanted to burn and rape her body like how can you call yourself a feminist and support this guy really and he called his ex-wife a French extortionist cunt now. And I know that Vanessa Paradis has come out and said he wasn't abusive towards her. But firstly, even if that was true, let's just take her at face value. That doesn't mean he wasn't abusive to Amber. Like rapists don't rape everyone that they meet. Like Ted Bundy didn't kill every woman that he met. He was still a serial killer. Secondly, it's like... Damn, comparing Johnny Depp to Ted Bundy right A now. lot of women, and I think this is the case in Johnny Depp, is that you know women like Kate Moss, women like Vanessa Paradis, who testified in Depp's defense, you know they may not recognize that or want to acknowledge that their relationship was abusive. 
expensive. So if your boyfriend trashed a hotel room when you were in it after an argument, you know, causing $10,000 worth of damage, anybody today would say, you know, he's abusive, you need to get away from him. You know, him calling, you know, Vanessa Paradis, the mother of his children, a French extortionist cunt. I don't believe that that wasn't, that he didn't say similar things to her face, especially when, you know, when he was under the influence or drunk. It's tough because I think Vanessa Paradis is in a difficult situation because like she has kids with him, right? He could make her understand that like he could make her life very, very, very miserable if she were to say anything negative about him, right? So she's one of those women where if she defends Johnny Depp, I can at least somewhat understand why, because the consequences of not defending him would be extremely costly to her. So I can sort of like get that. What I don't understand are the women who have no skin in the game. <laughs> like they've never had a relationship with Johnny Depp. You know, all they've had is like maybe a celebrity crush on him and they liked him in the Pirates movie, right? Like why are all these women jumping to defend him? It's actually, I've had- I fully expect to touch my earlobe and there's going to be blood. That similar feeling like, why am I fighting for women when like all these bitches will stab me in the back over some dick? Like, you know, I kind of understand how black pillars feel sometimes. You know, what was really upsetting to me is because I follow a lot of women who work in domestic violence, who work closely with victims, and they were all extremely pro-Dep. And it's like, you know, what message? I think it was only the ACLU and maybe Refuge in the UK who came out in support of Amber Heard. But a lot of, you know, victim... Why not wait till you get just like the trial? to make your decision and who you support. There's like all this evidence is coming out constantly in trials. Like, why not just wait to the end of it? Why do you have to decide before the trial starts? Because for women, they were all, you know, supporting Johnny Depp and they were all like, basically reciting the same victim blaming narratives. You know, she doesn't act like a victim or, you know, she punched him first or he's the victim. And it's like, you know, for example, why didn't you go to the police? It was just so disheartening to see. And it just made me realize that, you know, when victim blaming was first coined in the 1970s by William Ryan, we haven't made any progress in terms of, you know, violence against Shadow to a guy coining that term it's a big term in terms of applying the term to violence against women we've made no progress whatsoever this is why i just you know side eye women who say this will set women back from being believed but like, women were never believed and this should show you that i believe women all the you time know, women were never believed even if we had all the evidence we're still not believed and this you know this case should show you that and this case was also it also showed me also why i disagree with lilith in the sense that i don't think we're ever getting out of patriarchy because one of the key tenets of patriarchy is essentially the male class solidarity there were so many men who had nothing to do with Johnny Depp didn't watch a single film with Johnny Depp in it. Don't give a shit about Johnny Depp. Who was supporting Johnny Depp because he was a man? But you had women who had experienced DV, who had you know more in common with Amber than Johnny Depp, who were just completely anti-Amber and just completely rubbish what she was saying. You know, when it comes down to it, men will always back other men, but women don't do the same for other women. I do think that's a bit of a setback. That is a challenge. That's a barrier. I still think that just a tiny barrier. Let's just put a scratch. No. <laughs> So what I'm saying though is like, first of all, I want to say male class solidarity is actually not as strong as a lot of women seem to think. Like I work in an industry that's very male dominated and currently I'm doing this thing where like I found two male managers that don't like each other and I'm just playing them off each other right now. Like men don't all like other men. Like yeah, there some will, you know, defend. I find that men tend to defend men that they see as the most similar to them. And so a lot of men will see Johnny Depp and they will think like, oh, you know, they maybe identify with him and that's why they support him. Like it's not, the, I, I mean. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of guys can identify with Johnny Depp. I identify with Amber Heard. That's why I support her. A lot of women Women probably don't identify with Amber Heard, so and that's why they don't support her, right? I want to say that like male class solidarity is not as like bulletproof as a lot of women and a lot of feminists seem to think. If you spend enough time around men, you'll see the crack in the solidarity start to emerge, and I think it's very easy to exploit those cracks. At least in my personal experience, I think we definitely, yeah, I think that's actually a good point, and yeah, I think I can definitely see that in the dating world as well, like where I don't hate using this terminology, but the you know you've got like the simps and the alphas and the betters. Like men know you know when they're at the bottom of the social pile, <laughs> and so women need sure to they do. Like, you know they need to know that men know that. They ain't shit. Like, know the terrain that you're fighting in, right? It's and not true, man. Also know that there are better men than them out there. You know, get in there and, and stash it up. 
one challenge that I've noticed is like women tend to be hostile towards women that are more successful Ah. than them or more pretty or more whatever than them. Whereas men are not like that. They're a lot more sycophantic. They tend to be more like, you know, if there's a man who's more successful or more attractive than they'll try, you know, the whole alpha and beta thing, right? Like women don't really organize themselves on that, like in that same sort of hierarchy. You know, men, there's like the alpha and then all the beta sort of like simp for him. Like it's seen as shameful for men to simp for women, but men simp for each other all the time too, right? And so there's a few strategies that I've employed over the years and some of them work better than others and some of them work in some situations and not in other situations. So that's like, it's complicated. So I think that covers everything that we wanted to say. So in conclusion, uh, Johnny Depp ain't shit. I stand with Amber Heard. And I just hope that, I guess my hope from this trial is that women just regroup. You know, Johnny Depp's back in court next month. So that will be another you know, wrap to the sheet. And I just hope that women wake up and realize that. Wake again, like up, said, ladies. The top of the episode, a woman you absolutely despise wake is a lot less likely to harm you than a man that up. you love. And just always keep that in mind. Sorry, I feel like I've talked for the whole episode. I'm really you sorry. You did. She no, was, she was gone, gone for, for so long. long. It was needed and wanted. I mean, we've missed you, right? <laughs> we've been <laughs> now got to the point where I'm finishing their sentences. All right, that has been. But uh, for two episodes or three episodes or four episodes or however long you've been gone. So, But I'll link to all the articles that I've referenced in the show notes. You can have a read for yourself. And yeah, last what you think of this episode yes so that's our show if you want to support no i don't want to support i've i'm done supporting female dating strategy that has been the stream everybody thank you very much for joining that was uh was tough at times it was tough at times but we made it um you're all very special to me and i have to go home now because I don't know. I feel, I'm telling you, I feel wiped from that. I don't know what it was. I had to go to the dentist today. Maybe that's a factor. I don't know, but that's been the show. If you like to support the show, you can, and you support it kind of everything, lowvaluemail.locals.com or patreon.com slash lowvaluemail or join on YouTube back tomorrow night with a new episode of Low Value Mail Tuesday night. That Tuesday night is tomorrow. Back tomorrow night for a new episode of Low Value Mail at 9 p.m., and an after show following. I will see some of you there. Thank you again. Have a lovely rest of your Monday. Good night. <laughs>